Welcome everyone to the Crit Rate Podcast for Wednesday, February 8th. I'm your host, Justin Scribbo. This is episode 31. I still haven't figured out that order yet. Um, <laughs> I'm your host, Justin Scribbo. Today I'm joined by Alex Shock. What's up? And Justin Chow. Justin Chow. Welcome everyone to another episode this week. Big week, Nintendo Direct Day. Whoa, it happened today. Usually we're like lagging on news, you know, by a day or so, but it literally happened two hours before this. So guess what? Excited. Tomorrow's podcast, or technically <laughs> when you listen to this podcast tomorrow, <laughs> it's going to be hot and fresh. Hot and fresh. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Should we start with the Nintendo Direct? Should we just talk about it? We could. I mean, it's a big topic. It just it's happened. Big, it's, it's pretty a, fresh. It's a big topic. I think before we get started, I'd like to know how everyone's doing, what's happening in your life, how's your week, what's going on? Justin, what's going on? It's been good. I've just been, honestly, it's just been a lot of work, and whenever I have time to, like, decompress from just staring at Photoshop forever, uh, I, Alex and I play Elden Ring. <laughs> so have, nothing new. Yeah. I have seen you guys on, it's like, it's got its hooks in you now again, huh? I don't know what it is. Well, it's also because another friend of ours is playing it fresh and it's always fun to go through it with somebody like with fresh eyes and then we have like all the information. So whenever there's a question about like, what the hell is scaling? We're like, well, if you don't, we can tell you everything. And it's been, it's been really fun to like go through that. And then also like, I don't know, we're also scaled down. Oh, my throat's like, and, um, it's fun to like replay all the game with like some level of difficulty. Like the first boss, uh, Margit, right yeah. or whatever his name is um was brutal yeah. with three people again and like some old weapons that we were playing with but it was fun yeah it's funny because i think when <clears> you're <throat> like fresh on it it's like you still have that muscle memory but yeah. even letting it go a little bit it's like mm, not anymore and you definitely realize that how much better you are at this game when you see somebody brand new at the game dying all the time yeah alex how about yourself how's your week been <laughs> it's been all right um i haven't been playing that many games i've still been sort of when i do sit down to play a game i'm sitting down with well either elden ring or hi-fi rush i've been kind of plugging along in that yep uh continues to be fun um sometimes it gets frustrating when i like lose the beat and then i'm sort of the like enemies are all over me yeah, and then like I'm, you're just button mashing or something. i'm just button mashing but i'm just taking damage because i'm missing the beats and then uh yeah so i mean it's a minor thing, but the game is so much fun. Otherwise, it's just been kind of a joy to go through. There's all these, there's so many good jokes and just good little moments yeah. that I really appreciate. I've been meaning to get back to that. That's, that one's kind of slipped through the cracks for me, uh, just with new games coming out and everything. But uh, it's I'm such looking a, forward to getting back to it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those games that I know it's being labeled as like a must play, but it's definitely one you can just sort of dive back into. It's sort of a comfort food game for sure in a lot of ways because it's such a gamey game. It's not this hardcore, like difficult, like high graphic fidelity, gritty thing. It's it's just like a video game. Yeah. Um, and it's just fresh and fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I was definitely feeling that when I was playing it. I think it was right after that came out that Goldeneye and Dead Space came out. Have we talked since? last time no that was wednesday so sunday um sunday i finally finished dead space put a nice put a bullet in that it took three playthroughs to uh to platinum that game but wow wait three playthroughs after beating the game 
So you beat the game once, uh, and if you're optimizing, then you're going to do that as like your one-gun playthrough, like where you just use the plasma cutter. Mm-hmm. Then second playthrough is New Game Plus, because there's like a secret ending, uh, like an alternate ending. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. Um, and then that run, you get like new suits, and there's new collectibles, and all this kind of stuff. And that was kind of more fun to do the second time around, because then I'm like using all the weapons. So the first like, time you played the game, you only did the plasma cutter? Yeah. You're crazy. Wow. Well, What's wrong with you? Well, so the way that is that, it, like, is that an achievement? It is an achievement, oh, but I it, see. so it, and it's also kind of a metagame thing. It's actually really interesting because by doing that, it really allows you to see how the game uh, like self balances. Like Resident Evil Four was the first game to really self balance as far as like random item drops that you get from enemies. But Dead Space, I think, really refined it where it's like. If you're only using the plasma cutter, you are never running out of ammo with that gun. Mm. Whereas if you're using multiple guns, like if you have multiple guns in your inventory at any time, it's going to drop ammo for those other weapons. So unless you're like consciously and actively switching between them, it's like, you know, you're you're going to find yourself running out of ammo being like, oh, shit, I got to switch guns. But with the plasma cutter, if you're only one gunning it the whole way, it's like you're going to be stacked. Is it unbalanced when you just do one gun? No, because it's like you're also using the lowest power weapon, you know know mm. <laughs> through the entire game um so it certainly holds its difficulty up it just okay. it just changes yeah. the game you interesting know? so first playthrough was that second playthrough was new game plus which was basically just becoming really overpowered upgrading every weapon and then getting all the extra kills with that and then the last run is impossible mode which is not easy it's basically playing on hard and if you die once then it sends you back to the beginning of the game um, beginning of the game yeah hardcore mode like the yeah. game game like the game like you're seeing the ishimura for the first time game like, like to get the achievement you have to beat the game while it's set on impossible and when you play on impossible if you die you it drops you down to hard and then locks you out of impossible for oh. the game. so like you can't get the achievement anymore. how long was it overall um funnily enough the last playthrough the impossible playthrough was the most fun and i think my most sort of like streamlined because i knew i didn't have to give a shit about collectibles or anything and that was probably like six hours oh okay yeah so it was like probably six hours and that's like including all the cutscenes and stuff so like active gameplay it's probably like four and a half and but the, that's the, like knowing exactly where to go sure. and exactly what to do and like you know all that kind of stuff. There's and at that point, no extra exploration. You're starting. It's like new game plus plus at impossible mode. No, so you can't play impossible. Oh my god, plus, you so started fresh. Yeah, but that holy was, crap, but that was the most fun playthrough because by that point I was so familiar with the game that I was like I know where all the enemies are coming from and I also knew the weapons well enough and how it drops ammo and whatnot. So I was like, okay. I'm only using these three guns because and in any situation, these are the best three guns that I could use. And then I could just like not even pay attention to the rest. Interesting. So it became a very like optimal scenario. Damn. Um, but that was really fun. It was really, really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Like I used to, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, no, but like please. playing in a hard mode most of the time is my like way of thinking like, okay, so I've like mastered the game. If I beat the game on hard only for the fact that it's like, okay, so I got through it. But like what you just told me sounds ridiculously hard but you need to know the game to a t in order to be able to like to to essentially go up at bat with that that sounds crazy that's why i think this sequence worked out really well because then it's like the first playthrough with just doing the one gun is like okay this is cool like i can handle this and i i'm removing one element 
which is like using other weapons and worrying about upgrading other guns and stuff so I can just mainline this one thing. So it kind of like simplified the game in a way, but also made it like a little bit harder. But that was kind of like, I'm learning the game. Yeah. Then the second playthrough was like, now I'm digging into all the corners and I'm picking everything up and I'm doing everything and I'm using all the guns and I'm like way overpowered. So it's like really not hard to do this. But it was also satisfying because it's like, I'm also actively pursuing a, an alternate ending. Yeah. So it's like, it wasn't just like, I'm playing the game again. Yeah. And then the last playthrough was like, like the final okay, test. Like I've learned all my stuff. And this yeah. is the final test. Yeah. Ah, that's so cool. It, it was a cool progression for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to do that, but I am interested in all those things. That sounds amazing. Alternate yeah. ending. I'm most interested in. I'll def- that's one of those games that um, there's so many things coming out right now mm-hmm. that that one just kind of fell by the wayside for me, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to get back into it yeah. like, at some I mean, point in the future. It's so digestible too. I mean, that that was really the the thing that allowed me to get the, the third playthrough in was like, it, you know, it's five hours. If you really wanted to, you could do it in one day. Like, not one sitting, but like, if you yeah. like actively were like, okay, I'm playing this game. My today. Saturday is this. Yeah. And that, that was kind of what it was. Like, I, I stayed up extra late on Saturday and then Sunday morning I woke up and I was just like, I'm not starting my Sunday until I finish this game. And like that, that was basically what it did. Monster. And I was ready to go at like noon. So I was like, damn, it's a pretty good day. Um, so that was a lot of fun. But all of that was in preparation for Hogwarts Legacy that came out this week. Uh, technically, it's not out yet. It comes out on Friday. But the deluxe version, a lot of strife <laughs> to figure this out. So the story here is, is a lot of strife. I did not realize. I probably did when I when I pre-ordered it. But like this, the way the story goes is I. There was this sale on PSN gift cards at Costco and it was basically like a free like $10 for everyone oh. for every set that you got. And it's like if you buy like essentially $100 worth of things, you get like a free 10 bucks. Oh. So I did this like six times. And then I was oh. like, so I, you bought $600 worth of stuff not for that, 60 bucks. That might be ridiculous. <laughs> that might be ridiculous. But the thought was, it's Damn. like, well, each each time I do this, it's basically like that's one game, you mm. know, like 70 bucks or whatever. Mm. So I was like, okay, definitely getting Dead Space, definitely getting Hogwarts, definitely getting Atomic Heart. You know what I mean? So it was very easy to justify oh, these things. So I was yeah. like, okay, like it's just spend the money now and get a free 30 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever, or just spend do it later. later. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, fuck it, whatever. All right. So that was in like December or something. And I remember when I went to pre-order everything, oh yeah, like Final Fantasy 16 and Resident Evil 4. Right. I was like, these are all non-negotiables. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Um, money you're going to spend anyway exactly um so <clears throat> when i did this i remember pre-ordering harry potter and i saw the the uh, deluxe version or whatever and it, there was some benefit to it that i was like okay this is worth it and i guess it was that it launched three days early mm. but i totally forgot about it and then you know when you pre-order games it just pops up on your xmb at some point and i remember looking at it and being like oh shit this comes out like tomorrow like <laughs> like what like okay um and then I stayed up late. I'm surprised that wasn't more well known. Um, and be- like, first of all, that it was out. I get you got the physical version. I did not get the physical. Oh, version. you did not get the okay. No, so yeah, then, the yeah, so I didn't even know that it was. He's given up on the physical, right? Over, so I, I, I can't believe. Keep going. I bought it today too, but I didn't. I wasn't able to play it. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just crazy that it's not even out. It just. I feel like that doesn't happen very often where yeah. you pre-order a game and it's out like two or three days early. Yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever experienced that. Yeah. I bro- Have you ever gotten a game before Street Date? Yeah. We I- got Smash Brothers Brawl. Oh, yeah. Because but that wasn't like a glitch or anything. It was like... We won this tournament and then we were like, 
Yeah, so like we're at the GameStop or the EB Games at the times in uh, 2000 and so I don't when was that? 2000 and Oh my god, I don't know. We're wearing the same socks. Costco baby. <laughs> I just realized wow. why you were pointing I just looked at, at your feet. sock and I was like slowly like uh, <laughs> a bunch of nerds. Wow. Anyway. Anyway, um you're at EB Games playing <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah, anyway, we were playing Brawl and then um uh yeah. So you got the game early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's we the got story. the game early. That's basically it. Yeah. They they gave it to us like an hour or two beforehand and there was like multiple game stores along the way out. And as we're walking out, we see these lines at all these stores, and we're just holding up the game. Yeah, and we yeah. walk past it. Yeah, we were in uh, what you call it, the the mall next to Bridgewater. Ryder. Oh, Quaker Bridge. Quaker Bridge. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. They weren't supposed to give it to us early, but we coached them. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of occasions that I got games on, like I've gotten broken street date games. Well, you worked at Best Buy, right? Well, Best Buy was bad with it. They would not like you could get in serious serious trouble if you did that. And there's a lot of like lockout things at the register that won't let you do it. Um, but because I worked there, I knew when games were like in the wild. Yeah. So. Probably the most notorious one that I think I was the most proud of myself for was when Final Fantasy 13 came out. Um, I knew that, uh, like, I, I was looking, dude, I, I went to work at Best Buy, like, every day, and I remember just going into the back room and just looking at the box, and, like, <laughs> I was so, like, obsessed with that. You know what's funny? Um, this sounds, this is, like, such a weird offshoot story, but when that game was first announced, it was when the video iPod was out. Like, I had one of those. Yeah, no, I had one too. Black with like the black yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, the chrome back. And I only had one video on it, and it was the trailer for Final Fantasy <laughs> Thirteen. And then this was what's so funny. I was watching some YouTube video or something, and somebody had mentioned that they were like looking at their old iPods, and they pulled up their video iPod, and the only thing that they had on there was the Final Fantasy wow. trailer. I was like, "That's weird. Like, what a what an interesting moment in time." And I guess I wasn't alone on. But anyway, it's pretty awesome, actually. What, I knew that that game was in uh, Walmart, and I know Walmart just they don't give a shit most of the time. Wow. So I remember asking a guy and being like, "Hey, like, so I do you guys have this game?" And he was like. Uh, I don't know. I was like, could you like check the back? I'm like really excited for it. And he's like, okay. And he brings it out. He's like, oh yeah, here it is. And I was like, oh cool. Here's this my money. Like, this was like a week and a half before it came out. Oh my this was, God. Like, way early. And he's like, oh, I don't know why it's not scanning. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just like a new game. And he like looks it up and he's like, oh yeah, it says it's 60 bucks. He's like, okay. And then he scans a copy of Dante's Inferno. Oh my <laughs> God. And charges that. And then I, I walk home with Final Fantasy. Wow. Like, oh. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. Back when physical media mattered. Do you still have that disc? And yeah, wow. yeah. I never here? platinum that game. That's a really hard platinum to get. Yeah. Um. Anyway, how did we get here? Playing games early. Hogwarts Legacy. Yes. Right? So yeah. yes. So I didn't really get a chance to play it, but I am really excited. I was sort of planning out my Friday, and I don't often get too hyped for games, but this one I'm like really interested in checking out. Yeah. Uh, and I was sort of planning my Friday around it. And then all of a sudden it's like out and it like threw me for a loop. Yeah. Um. So I had to move all my. I got. I got to figure it out. I got to play tomorrow. Yeah, shift the plans up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It was funny because I was only like lukewarm on it beforehand. I even said on our last podcast. Yeah. I'm just like, ah, oh, like I don't know. You know, like we're I'm not. not really... ha- we're not Harry Potter fans, really. That, that's it. And like, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> not that <laughs> but, there's anything wrong with but that. But it was like you know, <laughs> it's just it is what it is. But when it came out that day, first I saw the reviews from IGN where they were yeah. like, oh yeah, it's getting like nines and stuff, and I was like, 86 on Metacritic right now. Um, surprising. Yeah. So I was like, that. I mean, that's a pretty good 
you know, indication that this game's not going to be crap. So I was like, okay, like I was already half stepped in, you know, like I was, I was in, but I didn't know how far I was in. And then when I see good reviews come out, I'm like, okay, like, let's go for it. That's probably higher than my best expectations almost. Like, yeah, you can't like if a new IP from a new studio is coming out and it's like Harry Potter, I, there's no way I would have been like, oh man, I hope it gets an 86. Oh, yeah, like it's just blow it out of the water. Yeah, like right. That's sort of like outside the bounds of what yeah. pro- like likely going to happen. So this is yeah. like maybe that's best like case the, scenario. Maybe that's like the jaded pessimists in us that like most <laughs> things are gonna be. Crap, I know. Can't but... can't hope too hard. We you know we've been we've been burned before. That's for sure. Um, but but yeah, I, I so I did start it like the night that it came out and thoroughly impressed so far it's really good let's not talk too much about it like give give me your i mean you know but like give me your your general i think just in general i'm just really impressed with like the level of like triple a-ness it is yeah like i mean again i don't i don't have any like appreciation for like let's say the words involved with harry potter i don't know what anything is right like i reparo yeah, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but Petroni- like, but petroleum? I do know the feeling of it and like the music and the iconography and the general whimsy, right? Yeah. I've been to Harry Potter World. I know what's up. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like where I get my appreciation for it. And it is so clear that they knew that this was the most important elements of it. Because like when you started, it really like it again, accrediting uh, the triple A-ness, the music is unbelievable. The voice acting and like the facial capture and all this sort of stuff it just feels really really polished and probably the most impressive thing is how the characters talk to each other like it's very i guess you would say authentic like the way that they they interact like because it's a very particular like the way that people talk in the harry potter movies is a very particular kind of way not that they're just speaking british (laughs) or whatever but just kind of the way they carry themselves and how it's like there's clearly crazy magical shit going on around them and but they're not like surprised, but they're also like enchanted by it. It's a very charming kind of thing, you know? and it's such an like what they did is so difficult to do too. Because yes, Harry Potter is this magical whimsy. Like you can take the music and you put it in something. It's like, but that doesn't guarantee a win by any means. Yeah, and if you're looking at like I can point to the movies, the Fantastic Beast movies, which I know you guys didn't see, but they're you know they tried to do this prequel situation. And they just slapped some things in, yeah. threw some references in yeah. there, you know, and then, you know, they're expecting that to be enough. But yeah. when you really, when you have a game or anything really where you, you can tell that mm. they've, the people there are fans and they really put a lot of heart and effort into it. Yeah. Um, that really comes through in the final product. So I'm, I'm glad sure. to see that that's, well, I'm glad to hear that that's, that that's a thing. Yeah. It, 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 de- sorry, go ahead. No, no. Yeah. It, it definitely carries that very very well and like handles it very responsibly and then i think the thing that most people are like i think what what takes people from like the wow this feels great to like holy shit this game's like ridiculous is just the the world like yeah like you're literally in hogwarts and it's huge and you can go everywhere like you don't there there's no, there's nothing stopping you from going from one room in the castle all the way to the other side into another room. And it's like, the it almost has like the, I remember you said this about Witcher 3 back when, where it's like the first time you go to the map and you see this stuff, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that happened to me like three different times where I was like, okay, like, 
And I, I zoom out and I was just like, oh my God, like, what am I even, like, what am I even doing right now? And I'm sure to the fan, there's probably like all kinds of like references and things like inside the castle. I'm my frame of reference is I know like the girl that's in the bathroom and the, the, the <laughs> dining hall. It's like, yeah. Those, yeah. those are the two places yeah. that I have committed to memory, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's okay. I mean, it's like, you want to just sort, sort of like Lord of the Rings too. Like you hear that music, you see some characters, you're like all right, I'm in this world now. Yeah. You know, you kind of just feel that right yeah. away. There's a lot of that going on. And it, and it does have this really cool integration with uh, like the Pottermore stuff. That was probably the biggest annoyance when starting the game because I was like, so ready. I'm like, all right, let's go. And then it's like, all right, sign into your Pottermore wizarding world thing. And I was just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> do I have that? And then I was like, yeah, I do have that. But uh, is it this one? Is it this email address? I don't know. And you know what? So to the fans, Scribo, like he was saying, he got it actually a day earlier before than us because like we just weren't in the know yeah and you kind of tricked us sort of because you posted uh the character that you made and it looks so much like you so much like that i was like damn the customization must be really good because it looks so much like you yes i didn't want to tell you i didn't want to break your heart (laughs) i was like you got five selections so i mean it's just it's pretty wild how much it looks like you but then so (laughs) Like literally half an hour before I came over here, I was quickly just trying to put together yeah. a character, and I was like, "What the?" You're how like, did, "Oh, how there's, the- there's only two dozen faces." Yeah, there's like two yeah. dozen haircuts. It's like you choose your face, you choose the sh- the size, the shape of your face, and your hair, and then it's like you're kind of done. Yeah, yeah. okay, but, which That's is fine. Point. But it's like it just <laughs> just after yeah. seeing the result this Gerbo got, I was like, "Damn, he did a great job." Yeah. But what's funny is like there there's customization in other aspects of the game that are like way deeper than your face. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> like, like I, maybe it's more of a Harry Potter like reference than I know, but like so for example, like your wand, yeah, like the, the, I can't wait to do that. The wand system is pretty <clears> fucking <throat> deep, and I don't know what any of it means. So don't, don't tell me about no, the wand because that's all I'm saying is like yeah. when I w- when I did the character creation, I was yeah. like this is just deep enough, and then when I got to the wand creation, I was like what the fuck is happening? I mean, right if, like, if the Harry Potter if the Pottermore website is any indication, I feel like the house the wand and then the whatever patronus means yeah is probably the most specific or specification personalization customization patronus thing though did it i, I don't know well i don't think it did i that's, don't know what those later. are yeah but i assume that's probably going to be something you don't choose your patronus sorry oh it's the animal <laughs> thing it's your like familiar yeah, or whatever yeah well yeah or it's like your spirit animal yeah basically i don't know golden compass rules whatever mm. yeah but yeah damon so, i mean that damon Thus far, it's it's a really fantastic game, and it it's kind of funny because it has. There are moments when I'm playing this game where it starts reminding me of of other games. Like it's clearly such a step, and I won't go into any specifics, but it, there there's ways. And when we have this conversation next week, I'm saying right now, there's one element of this game that's in my head that I'm like, someone's gonna mention it, and I want to mention it right now, <laughs> but I'm not gonna mention it. Okay, okay, um, that's fair. But I commend you for not mentioning it. Absolutely. But there are there are ways that it's like this is clearly changing like the game. Like there hasn't been an open world game done like this game Mm. in some ways. There's obviously a lot of comparisons that you could draw to other games. But there are definitely distinct differences, at least that I've seen. And I'm not really an open world guy. I'll play like, you know, we said this last week, like one a year or something. So like I'm not up on whatever, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed's doing or whatever. But I know I'm seeing stuff that's new and it feels cool. And I'm like, that like i, I mean, mean it feels very welcome to see something like this because i'm like wow games are actually changing and getting better like this o- is exciting that jo- open world genre is one of the one of those genres that i love seeing 
when they get clever with it. Mm. Um, like other games that has imp- like some impact, but open world, like when you when they figure out a good way to do things, when you take a step in the like the Witcher direction, yeah. or you take a step in the Red Dead Redemption direction, which is a little different, but um, like they're all doing these different things, but it has a big lasting impact because these games are so freaking long. Yeah, and yeah. I just played like I I've played one recently ish that uh Icarus game I keep blanking on the name of it because that weird was a Phoenix. very long time ago <laughs> was it that was last Phoenix year Rising? Was like borderline a launch title but like okay. it was like a year and a half ago I think yeah. I played that are we talking about uh the Immortal Phoenix, Phoenix yes. yeah yeah it wasn't that long ago were you still in Westfield when that came out I'm pretty sure you were still in Westfield. uh yeah I was playing I think so I think I was playing it because I definitely brought it uh, I don't think I Oh, maybe no. Maybe it was in the very beginning of 2021. Yeah, mm. so that's after we moved. Yeah, yeah. It's a year and a half. Yeah. That game feels really old to me. But I will say that 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 game. So okay, about open world games. Open world. If you decide to put that into your video game, it is very risky, but it is also very rewarding. And it's like the risky side to it is yes, pacing becomes a huge problem. With the Phoenix Rising game, it was just a giant theme park full of like little speckled things that you can be doing all the time, and that was fun, right? I would say like. There's certain aspects like the Red Dead Redemption side of the spectrum where things are way more like integrated and immersed. But in the end of the day, like the biggest, the biggest like uh, benefit to an open world game is you run into less barriers. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you have less barriers, it's it welcomes immersion way easier. But then immersion can be break and broken if pacing's not right. Yeah, right. Because it, I'm just so, and we've talked about this a lot, but I'm I'm kind of over the like. Here's all of your check marks and just go to them and yeah, do them. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's some of that going on. And here, of course, there's. You know? a, I think it's, it's, it's inevitable. It, yeah, it's just a conceit. You know what I mean? But like, it's sort of like how they handle that, and then how they integrate the other elements to keep your momentum going in other ways. It doesn't have to like push you from quest to quest to quest, but it's yeah. just the pacing is. You're right because I think that's the biggest challenge that they face. So it's like, how do you keep someone interested in a game where well, you can and, really and do whatever you want? That I think as a as a a claim to Harry Potter, I think it or not Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I think it it does that very well because it the way that the way that you interact with characters really does feel so organic. Yeah, that it's like like it doesn't have like the Mass Effect three problem, yeah. which is like the world's exploding and we have to do things now. But, but I look over there, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like it's not like that. And like, well, compared to uh, you, you're the only one that played Horizon in this room. Yeah, so Horizon is like. Oh, I should probably go there, and then you can get lost for hours. Yeah. In this game, it feels a lot more organic because you might like the la- okay. Let's say you finish a main quest mission, and you're talking to a teacher. The teacher might say something like, "Like, oh, like, great job on doing whatever. We should probably do things together first, but I think you might have some classes to attend. And also, I heard this person needs some help, so go do your thing and and meet me up later." And just that context is like, cool. Now I'm like a kid in school and I can go to class. Like, you know. So it's really funny you mentioned this because I started thinking of, out of all the, when you started mentioning the open world games, I started like comparing them and sizing them up separately, right? Versus the Assassin's Creed and the potentially, I mean, I don't mean to dog on Horizon all the time, but like I played it one time. I would say like there's a spectrum of samey kind of bullshit, collect-a-thon slash same questy kind of things that aren't, they're semi-related to the storyline, but also kind of tangential that don't really matter. So there's like an immersion break there versus, mm-hmm. let's say, Red Dead Redemption, where everything is set into like immersive tone and there's a motivation behind everything that your character would most likely be doing anyway. So it doesn't feel mm-hmm. so crazy. So like if I compare 
uh, Immortal Phoenix Rising versus like Breath of the Wild. It's like all the things in Breath of the Wild, even like the temples, the temples were like in the uh, under the the guise of these are training grounds for the hero to like relearn his memory. So they're all part of like that one storyline where it's like in Immortal Phoenix Rising, a lot of the things were like, oh, you can get another one of these gems that will eventually like make you stronger or like you can use them as like a resource to do whatever, right? So it's like it felt, it, it, it depends on what you're doing. Like I would say like in Hogwarts Legacy, if what you're saying right now is like there are all these other like quests that you could be doing on the side, but they put it in and they frame it correctly in the ideas of like you might actually have other things. So like it's okay if you do one versus the other because it makes sense in your story right now. Yeah. Then it becomes way more immersive. So I, I think <clears throat> I think an important distinction, it, and and it's dawning on me now based on how you're describing this, like why it feels different this time. And I think it's because in games like, let's take a game like Horizon for example. In Horizon, you'll have, like, you'll see your quest log or whatever, and there will be a lot of things that you'll do in there that are, like, very removed from the world and everyone else. So it's like, your thing is, like, let me go pick this metal flower. Yeah. And there's, like, grocery shopping. And that's a quest. And it's like, when you get the flower, something checks off, and it's like, whatever, right? And it's like, fair enough. But it just feels like, like, so you could just do that on autopilot and the only person or thing that you're interacting with in the world is like, you're hearing Aloy talk to herself. Right. Oh, I found it. You know what I mean? And it's like, it it just feels like blah. You know what I mean? Whereas in this game, it's like, sure, there are collectible type things, but it's contextualized in the world in a certain way where it's like, if, you know, one of the collectibles is like a, it's like facts about the castle. So it's like, you're more so just like, you're a new student in this place and you see something interesting. And it's like, collecting that knowledge is like a thing. But it, but it's not a checkbox, you know what yeah. I mean? Every quest, like even the side quests or little quests, it's like, you're interacting with a fully voice acted person and they're explaining why this is relevant to what you're doing. And then your character responds to them with a voice. And like, now there's this dialogue about why the thing that you're doing is important. And yeah. it's like, that feels so much better. And and yeah. it it became very clear to me that I was like, okay, I'm immersed right now because in almost any other open world game, it's like I'll get the the nuance of what's happening and then I throw a video or a podcast on or something and I'll just let that run while I'm just doing my thing. And I have not turned a video or anything on while I'm playing this game because I'm so gripped by what everyone's saying. I want I want to know what's happening, you know? So because you, yep, sorry, um, because it's like it's sometimes it feels unfair to like compare games to uh, Breath of the Wild or Red Dead or I'll put Elden Ring in that category now. I do put Elden Ring in yes, that category. Be, but it's like, that's kind of it. There yeah. aren't uh, many other games that do open world. Like they're the top end, right? Like this yeah. or more organic experience. I yeah. think there's um, almost like branches, right? Because I think you have like Breath of the Wild and Immortals Phoenix Rising. And then it's, it's almost like, Elden Ring is like the penultimate version of that. And sort of what I'm feeling on the other side, because there's narrative there, but nobody's talking to each other. Yeah. And the world is more interesting because it's like, well, what's behind that wall, right? And it's Whereas it, in Harry Potter, it's like, I want to get deeper into the weeds of what's happening yeah. here. You know what so, I mean? It's and, like, and that's what I that's what I like, right? Like, you don't there's another solution too. You don't have to do the the Red Dead route or the Elden Ring route yeah. where it's just like, oh, you know, like nothing's labeled and you're just going everywhere. Yeah. It's like you can have this more contextual journey 
uh, when the details are there, you can really feel wow. immersed in it. Perfect example, because in Elden Ring, it's like you only find new content or new bosses by looking past more walls. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's the the depth of the game, at least in the sense of like exploration and finding stuff and content, is like how far out you go from the inner circle. Whereas like Harry Potter, it's like you're in this building. And there's so much that can happen in this building that it's like, it's not about what's behind that door. It's like, well, what's happening right now? So what's happening a little bit later and all this kind of stuff, you know? I think I can distill it into like, essentially like, uh, again, like a linear spectrum here, right? It's like, it's not good enough if you have tasks to do and that there's a story behind it, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be a good story and a good, and and put into good context for your character to want to do it, right? Which also means that like, more or less the things that you're supposed to be doing in the game has to be something that is motivated by like the player's intrigue in general versus say, oh, I'm going to get a power up from something like this. Like, you know what I mean? So like, for instance, in Elden Ring, you're not getting like, you are getting storyline, but like the truth is, is that your curiosity is taking you on this journey inherently and immersively in Hogwarts. It's also like curiosity, but then the stories are so well told that your immersion is keeping that curiosity flame yeah. stoked. No, nothing feels like arbitrary. Yes. You know, that, Wh- that's what it is. Which is the biggest failing of, for me, of any, that's not fair, but most MMOs. Yeah. Because yeah. they, tr- yeah. damn it, they try. They just jam pack it full with They garbage. try to do the story route. And, you know, I've played games where they promised, like I did, um, old republic by bioware and they were like story driven you're gonna care about this but at the end of the day it's like you read their stupid little dialogue thing from this random npc go stand in this circle and kill three yes yeah and and even when they try to like wrap it in story and make you care about it it just doesn't fit and that's and that's why it's such i think such an achievement to have a game that does that because that's not easy you can't just you can't fake that well and that's why i think they're leaning on the world so much and there's so much like farmable land in like how these people interact and, yeah. inter- and and learning about the spells and the potions and the whatever. And it all means something, you know, guys, I think I've learned something about myself. <laughs> Ding. I think what I just learned, <laughs> I think what I just learned about myself was like in certain games, like especially like kind of like cruder games, let's say Ragnarok online or even final fantasy advanced like final fantasy tactics. Like, I, I remember talking to you guys about, like, this idea of, like, well, I create stories about the characters in my head, like, and I have these motivations by why these characters are, pl- like, it's weird, but I feel like I need that motivation in order to mm-hmm. care about a game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why when we were playing, tri- when I was playing Triangle Strategy, I was waiting for the time where I didn't care about what the characters were doing, and luckily, I cared about what the characters were doing the entire time because it was making sense contextually, and yeah. Elden Ring was the same way. Immortal Phoenix Rising, I didn't finish. Horizon, I didn't finish. Was because primarily the things that you were doing, there was like no real way to, for me to contextualize why I'm doing this. It felt like grocery shopping. Yeah, yeah. You, of of anyone that I know, you're definitely the guy that would be like, you know, you love to know the backstories of the people and like their motivations and like you freaking follow them around. And, I need, dude, I, I need it, to know where that mom is going. <laughs> like, I, why do you say mom? I think it's like a game direction type thing. Or it's really on writing, but it's almost like when I think about Horizon, Jesus, sorry. When I think about Horizon, um, it almost feels like they took like, these are the elements of what an open world game is. Exactly. And then just like slot in the things that make sense here. Exactly. It's like, I don't care who the characters are. You haven't given me a reason to care about who these people are. They yeah. don't really have emotions that like matter to what's happening. It's like, we just need somebody to 
give you this quest or we need somebody to unlock this ability for you. Whereas in Hogwarts, and it's only because it's top of mind, it's like every character has like a first and last name and like a motivation. And Mm -hmm. like when you talk to them, you see the cloak that they're wearing and then they have this house. So then there's like some context for like, oh, like I know the kind of crew that you're rolling with. Like what's what's going on there? You know what I mean? So it's like there's there's all this passive storytelling that's happening at the same time that I feel like is very, I don't know, even when they're like, oh, I'm a third year or whatever. It's like, okay, so like. You like I'm you're, better than you're you by still two years. learning, yeah. And like, but you're with these people, and, and it like, all relates and, back to you, exactly. Yeah. And like, and, and like, you know, this girl lost her marbles or something, and like, that's a third year level problem that we're dealing with. And then you find like the fifth years, and they're like dueling each other in the hallways, and it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. There's like something, like you, you know what I mean? Where it's like it's almost helping understand the world more, yeah. By and, like, I don't know, by just and, quality writing, yeah. And I, I, I as well as I know both of us like to pick on assassin's creed but like i think there's a from from my experience with the games like early on you were much more focused on the character like mm-hmm. on altair on Ezio. Like, yes a lot of the story and a lot of the things that you were doing related directly back to them and you felt connected to them and that drove me through the game yeah but when you get to games like i think the last one i played was odyssey or no origins the one before that um the Egypt there, one yeah there's yeah, just sorry. there are those missions but there's also a bajillion other ones which have nothing to do with your main character. Yeah. So you kind of just get lost in yeah. this abyss of side quests that have no contextual relation to your character. Yeah. And then you're just like, who am I? You know, I'm an like I'm just a warrior. Even yeah. if they're just even if there is a little context, say like Spider-Man with the backpacks, if they don't make sense, if I can't believe that Spider-Man put this here three years ago behind a dumpster and nobody freaking found well, it. Been- I was like, after you said that on one of our podcasts, I was playing it. I was like, this is dumb. This doesn't make any sense. It's almost like if you do anything, if you do the same thing twice, it's like there better be a real good reason why I'm doing this twice. Because otherwise, it's impossible for it to not feel. Maybe maybe we're too jaded, but it's like this is filler. Like you are. This is filler. Except, I mean, except if the game is trying to be wacky for its own right and it's like just a wacky thing, then I have a weird like. Ex, like it's excused yeah. you know it can be justified with like shooting pigeons in gta you know what i mean but the thing that that game did right too is like it did have that question mark go to the thing like yeah. sort of standard format which is fine but it's fine that had a more <laughs> living breathing world where like everywhere you were going it was like hey spider-man like yeah. take a picture with me and then there was yeah. cr- you know random crime things so it was like always something happening to make it feel like the attention was on you yeah, uh, that I like. That's another that's way point. to do yeah. it, where you feel more involved in your environment. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't feel just like, just you're in this just, place and you're just walking through it. Filler yeah. episodes. Yeah. 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 Can I tell you one weird thing about the game? Yeah. That, that I had to find a creative solution for. So, uh, w- one of the like kind of normal open worldy things that it sort of falls into is uh, there's like there's a spell that you use called uh, Revelio. You reveal stuff? It's like reveal, right? Yeah. Um, and this is, it's essentially like a short range burst scan detective mode. You know uh, what I mean? It's like, that's what it is. Because you're revealing something in front of you. Like, that's what yeah. you're doing. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of secrets and stuff that are hidden everywhere because it's magic, right? So, which, by the way, important important note of this, I feel like Harry, like the Harry Potter world, like the Hogwarts world, is so correct for video game stuff yeah because it it justifies 
all the random video game bullshit that doesn't make sense elsewhere. What do you mean? Like somebody hands you an item and you're like, oh, cool. And then it just disappears behind oh. you. Uh, <laughs> oh. Or it's like if you fast travel somewhere, it's like, oh, yeah, you touch this flame because like we magically enchanted this so it can take you from place to place. It's like, <laughs> perfect. Like, yes. I mean, and the, it feels so much better because of that. It's always um, easier to explain something by saying magic. Well, yeah. And now if you have but, a game about magic. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so you have the spell Revealio, and ultimately what ends up happening is if you're really trying to like dig into the corners, you find yourself using this spell a lot. Like it's, you know, you're it's detective mode. You're flicking, yeah. it one, you know, you don't need to be flicking it all the time. And I think I'm a little extra with it, but I found this annoying. <laughs> yes, um, I found this annoying specifically because they bind that spell to left on the D-pad. Which is like an awkward thing, and you can't remap the controls. So it's like all of your other spells you can, you know, you can do stuff with. But for whatever is in that one spell, I think because they knew you were going to use it a lot, is on like a, an active button all the time. So it's left on the D pad. Now the annoying part about this is like you're in order to find certain stuff, like if you're going to be using that ability frequently. So you end up dark soulsing it where you're claw gripping the left hand side of the controller because you're moving with the left stick and then you're using your left index finger to hit the button. When you use so I haven't played the game yet. When you use it, does it can you use it A while moving and then B when you use it, do you have to be aiming or is it just like a orb around no, you? No, it's like it's like a burst thing that goes around you. So it's like Or a cone? It, yeah. The it's it's like a cone basically like yeah it it matters slightly based on what direction you're facing but uh but you can be pretty flagrant with it you know so um, you're you're running around and you don't want to be stop you don't want to stop moving well the thing is it it does stop you to use the spell but it's very brief like so then it kind of makes sense why in the right joystick you'd be aiming it and then left joystick i mean your left thumb would be hitting the thing but just think how like if you're hitting it frequently yeah just the travel is so annoying like yeah. it it became almost immediately and i think this is just like boiled into me where i'm like i'm just gonna use my index finger for this yeah like that's the thing. Claw grip, yeah so i was Claw like grip i had this revelation this is, a, this is an interesting weird story but also kind of a cool one um I had this revelation within the first like two hours of playing the game where I was like, okay, I'm going to be hitting this button a lot. <laughs> like, there's, there's no way I'm not going to be hitting this button a lot. So I was like, I, is there a better solution for this? And I realized that, you know what the better solution would be? Uh, this controller. <laughs> the new DualSense Edge. Oh, dude, you got it? Oh, I didn't, know you got I, I didn't even know you had that. Because I ordered it last night at 8 p.m. and it showed up this morning. Wow. And the only place careful. you can get it from is PlayStation Directly, which I was like, what? So I was like, so instantly I was like, this is so much better because it has the little paddle on the back. Yeah. Uh, and you can remap that. Yeah. And it's great. Whoa. And you, so, only, and this is the crazy thing. I didn't know this, but only with this controller can you remap all of the buttons on the controller. Whoa. Yeah. It, it opens up new menus in the PS5 to use it. And then, yeah, the little paddles, you can change them out with different stuff. I like that one because I can still hold the controller normally and then like put my uh, middle finger to uh, flick it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> just turn on your PlayStation. But yeah, so I just thought that that was uh, funny that I was like, this. I'm going. I know I'm going to be playing this game for like a hundred hours, and I'm going to be doing this enough where I was like, I need to find a creative solution for this, and that was the solution. So is has I made that like a hundred times? Unbelievably, yeah. Unbelievable. You ordered that yesterday and it showed up because this last night at like seven p.m. How much is it? It was two hundred dollars. <laughs> the just the justification <laughs> for it was <laughs> first. I was like. It is more than like 30% of the PlayStation. 
That's correct. It's nearly 50%. That's correct. But any other controller, it's basically double the price of any other controller for it, which is a lot. Um, but Am this, I going to do it? But this blue controller kills me. So I was like, how am I going to justify this? I'm going to sell this blue controller. And the reason why I'm going to sell it is because it has drift bad already uh, have you ever had a controller that has drift i just had one this i have never had it on a playstation controller, and that's my newest one and like i was playing uh what you call it i was playing dead space and i would like look to the left and the it would just whip me all the way around and i was like what is happening yeah and then i'd like try to close the game and go back in and the same thing would happen and i was like i hate this there's really no fixing it yeah so i was like Unless okay you, like dig into it yeah so i was like i'm just not gonna mess with that and realistically i could sell that right now for like 50 bucks so i was like okay so it's technically only like 150 that i'm spending on this controller and i don't know it's a nice controller so i was like all right let's go for it damn uh it is the seventh today i it's the eighth today i bought a, a second black playstation 5 controller mm-hmm. so technically i have four controllers now yeah and the return window just closed five <laughs> days ago oh how annoying Are you, sure? you could probably from where amazon there's mm-hmm. no way yeah there probably is a way amazon always wants to make it right okay maybe i'll talk to them thank you yeah but I can't handle five controllers. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, that, that's the thing. I only have this one controller charging stand, so I can only just buy three too. controllers at one time. Unless yeah. you buy another charging Not stand. Not going to do that. Not gonna do <laughs> that. You're never going to play with four players? No. And if I did, I could just use my PS4 controllers, which I have mm. a lot of. But yeah, so an interesting device. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it looks totally cool. That problem. It looks super interesting. I like it. What I find the most interesting is that the uh, the back pedals, they're all magnets. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was just playing with Xbox that. The Xbox one's like that, too. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's so cool. cool. Magnets are just premium, guys. Clicky and plastic is not premium anymore. Not premium. Can you magnets. change the uh, thumbsticks, too? Yes, but all of the other ones that they give you are convex. Why would you ever want that? Yeah. Yeah, that... I know. Because uh, your finger can roll around on top of it Xbox, easier. The Xbox ones have them, too, that are like that. Feel those sticks. Would you want to use an analog stick like that? Your hands are going to be slipping uh, off constantly. I mean, some people like inter- that. It's, it's interesting like, because, like, when you pull, I don't get it. When you go left or right, you're pushing and pulling, and it. I I can see you can get a little bit more leverage instead of on the inside of the stick where you'd be, kind of like your pad of your I thumb. Just, I just find when my maybe when my hand gets a little sweatier or like, it gets a little off center you know yeah. sometimes your thumb is sort of like in a different position or it's like in the middle of your thumb instead yeah. of yeah that it just doesn't feel consistent but that's a me thing or if i'm just trying to grab it it i don't love it either yeah i've i've had it slip too many times and i've played a lot of ps3 it's like but. the old um the duke controller the right joystick was very convex if you remember they had different joysticks you are right. It had just like a little dot in the yeah, middle, yeah. which was very weird, and yeah. I didn't like it. That was like I think a lot of people like the Dreamcast one. You ever play on a Dreamcast? I have, but I forget what the con- uh, the it, control sticks are like. It's convex, but it has these little like plastic stipples all over it. Yeah, like these little bumps. It's a smooth stick, but it's just very weird. Well, that's always like my least favorite thing when I go to someone's house uh, as a kid, and you know you play with their controller, and those bumps are gone. You know. Ooh. It's just like an it's just like an oily, smooth surface, and there's no bumps on it yeah. anymore oh from them playing. That's so I I started collecting a lot of PS2 stuff, and yeah. every PS2 that I get, like that has a controller with it, those controllers are nasty. Ugh, but they are the grossest controllers of all time. Like 
I can't. GameCube I, controls get pretty bad too. They just get they get smooth and shiny. That's true. Mm. But there's at least been like new versions of them out, like when they came yeah. out with the Smash ones and stuff. So it's possible to get controllers that are nice like that. PS2 controllers are just all gross. I They're know. All yeah. Nasty. Yeah, but, so that's an interesting box, right? Uh, playing with the PlayStation 5 Pro controller case, it is very nice. I was about to say it would be really nice if this was open so you could charge it. it. And guess what? I think I, it comes yep, up. It does. I think they took a lot of wow. cues from the that's Xbox great. Elite. The Elite controller, yeah. I think the Elite controller's one is a little bit more narrow than that. Like, it's a little bit skinnier, which I probably would have liked. Yeah, it feels like it's a bulky. kind of gaping hole. But... Uh, <laughs> But it is uh, escaping. It feels premium. I don't know. It feels premium. I like it. It feels. It feels very premium. It does. Yeah. Um, when I go to my esports tournaments, I'll yeah. be. I'll be the cool kid. A couple on the block, little you know? symbols on the bottom. Yeah. Nice. PlayStation's getting really nice with their uh, their branding, their stuff. It was funny though because almost immediately after I ordered this, I realized like, oh wait, I also have the PSVR coming this month. <laughs> I'm like gonna be stacked with PlayStation paraphernalia. It's funny because uh, a I think PlayStation's doing a great job with branding and their design. I actually do like it, and they've been very consistent through and through, um, especially with the color coding and everything. Um, and then B, uh, are we becoming PlayStation people? Are we just PlayStation people now? I think I have been. I know you have been. Yeah. I think I I always thought of myself as like. The neutral boxer. No, the neutral <laughs> the Xboxer. No, like neutral territory, you know, like mm. you know. Switzerland. Well I just go with, <laughs> I just go where the games are. And right now and for the past couple of years the games have been PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like But I I, I I I will if given the option, I almost always gravitate towards PlayStation. But like I'm very ready to embrace other consoles if they're doing cool stuff. You but, know. but it's like... I'll never not have the active Nintendo console. <laughs> like, right, right, like, true. But it's like, I'm also thinking, not just for the games, and this is for me personally, it's also like like the quality of the hardware, like the thing. Like, mm. when I look at Xbox, I definitely think all the Xbox stuff is really cool. I think same controller from the Xbox One, right? And I also think that there's nothing really like surrounding the Xbox ecosystem that feels as Xboxy as this like monolithic cube or rectangle, right? Except for I mean, even the headphones. I mean, but then the controller is iconic though. It is, it is. Like, and I'm not I, saying it's I not. I like the Xbox controller a lot. And actually, it was kind of a hard pill to swallow to get this uh, Edge controller when I was like, dude, the like if you want to get like a nice uh, Xbox Elite controller, just like the basic ass basic one, it's like 140 bucks. Yeah. And it's like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a great deal for that level of controller, you know? Although I think the base model has a lot of problems. But then I think, like, when I look at PlayStation, even probably the PSVR at the time, right? And, like, all the things that it's coming out with, this, like, weird alien, like, these shapes and stuff, it's, like, very on brand now for PlayStation. Like, they went in a completely different direction and, like, all of their things resemble the same curvature yeah cool. I, yeah I, I think you're right um i don't i mean i just don't interact with xbox as much so it's like i'm not yeah. immersed in that space true um so I'm, it's like i'm not even giving it a chance but there's there's nothing really to draw me back there outside of game pass mm. um and even like well like i know you're you pre-ordered atomic heart for mm. playstation mm-hmm. but i'll probably be playing that on xbox because that's yeah. on game pass it's free yeah yeah 
Um, Wait, are we yeah. not going to be playing together? Is that not the it's no? Not that's not the multiplayer game. Game. Yeah. That's game. Wild Hearts, right? Is that's also so Game hearts. Pass, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. That's what we would be playing. I on. looked that up afterwards, and I don't think that's on Game Pass. Oh, really? I think sure. I looked it up during the podcast last time. Yeah, and I thought we had confirmation on that, but I I don't know. I looked it up afterwards, and I could not find something like from Xbox that said like day one, Wild Hearts. But mm. there there's a, there is like a psychological element to like as a human right now. Alex feels more comfortable playing on a PlayStation. Like, yeah, I'm just saying that's my space right now, yeah. and I feel yeah. comfortable well, there. I feel very comfortable when I turn on that home screen. So yeah. I I'd, will, I will lean that way if I have a choice. I definitely feel yeah. like I'm visiting a different world when I turn on the Xbox home screen. Also, yeah. side note: 12 hours ago, Xbox.com uh, Game Pass Ultimate members can join the hunt in Wild Hearts on February 13th. Oh, beautiful! Okay. EA Play. I don't know what that is. Wait, I, does I, it say Game Pass though? It says it, Game Pass Ultimate, which I think includes EA Play. Game Pass Ultimate. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be playing that there. Um, but no, I it it's funny. I think about because I I have these feelings too about when I go to certain consoles. It's like uh, Nintendo World. Well, it's like PlayStation Xbox is World. like my it's my baseline, and yeah. I think because I'm so invested in like the ecosystem uh, achievements and uh, all or uh, the trophies and all this kind of stuff, I feel like my time spent there like is more valuable it's like i'm getting something back for it you know what i mean like it's being registered in a way that actually is going to like long-term impact my life and i've seen this pay pay me back because it was like you know i have all of my ps3 trophy data i have all my ps4 trophy data i have all my ps vita trophy data and that has like that profile has stayed with me for a very long time and like i i like that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so when i go to xbox it's almost like like i I have a profile there, but I just like I've. Do you care about the gamer score I there? I care so much less about that, yeah. and I feel like my identity represented there is not even close to like who I am in PlayStation World. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I go there basically just for like exclusives or like when something's like you know ridiculously convenient. Like when we played Black uh, Back for Blood, I was like, this is a great example because it's like it's just here and I can play it and it's great. Um, with something like Atomic Heart, it's a perfect example of like when given the choice, I would rather log that with my primary profile. Yeah. Um, Nintendo's wow. Also, yeah, right. No, it's interesting. Now you're thinking. Now you're you're starting to talk about what account do you find more valuable to you? Yeah, you know 100%, what I mean. Hundred percent. But like, that's also earned over time. Right. It's a know? time that, thing. It's a time based on, thing. And that's on Xbox. Like I used to feel more comfortable on Xbox. That oh, was yeah. my space. I used to, and I played on that all the time, but it's like, there has been nothing to pull me there. Well, that, you know what? That's exactly what it is because mid 360 era, I was hard. Yeah. Xbox. Like you go on there and it's like, you look at my 360 era stuff. Like I've capped out achievements in like many, many games. And that was because it was like, that's just where I was. But eventually like tail end of the PS3 cycle, it's like, they just started coming out with bangers and bangers and bangers. And like, I was like, I'm, this is just where I'm at now. Yeah. You know? And honestly, the, Xbox started with achievements. So like they yeah. had they had their foot there more or I guess more like uh concretely and then PlayStation was like trying to catch up and then eventually when the PlayStation did get there I was like okay well this just feels better. I don't know, it's a trophy, you know. Um I remember having this weird uh thought that uh we remember when PlayStation Home was out yeah, yeah, yeah. So when one, you walked around this like virtual space, yeah, one yeah. of the key advertised features there was like if you're in PlayStation Home, like your physical trophies, you can put them on display <laughs> in your uh. apartment. And I was like, I love that. Like something about that sounded so cool to me. It never ended up happening, but yeah. like you know, um, I remember walking around that like one time. It was like 
desolate. Go, yeah, you could, you could go to like a mall and it was like weird. Yeah. I don't know. I, it was a strange thing. It was also on the <clears> PS3, <throat> so it ran like shit. But it is interesting. It's like, it's really like, where's the time committed? You know what I mean? And like, for sure, the games are the things that you're going to be committing your most time to. And then PlayStation has obviously been hitting off bangers. Yeah. But then I look at Nintendo and it's like bite size, appular, big games. Ooh. I I like Nintendo because Nintendo feels like, it feels very nostalgic to me. It's yeah, like, well, I'm going back to my happy place. You know what? Yeah. I, it's funny because it's like when I go into Nintendo, I know that there's no expectations of me. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like it's like the games there are fun. If it's not fun, why bother? Right? It's like the games are fun and they're non-committal and they're just enjoyable and I don't have to worry. This is like time. This is like when I'm in a, in an airplane and I like I, nobody's expecting anything of me. I could do whatever I want right now. Yeah. It's almost the opposite in a way for me where I feel like now my expectations are causing a negative reaction. Interesting. Like, even from uh, the Direct today, yeah. like, when I fire up my uh, my Switch, and I or maybe I play Fire Emblem, it's like, immediately I'm like, this game looks awful, and it yeah. runs awful, and I'm watching a loading screen, yeah. and it's like, these are the same graphics I saw eight years ago, you know? Yeah. And that... I can get past that in a lot of ways, and I'm gonna. There's a lot of games that I will just, you know, you just play. And you just Nintendo has it. a lot of good experiences anyway, regardless. But it's one of those things that it just every time I think about it, and it's like that little immersion break where it's like this grass still looks like shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. it's definitely becoming more apparent now with like modern, with more well, modern games. Like they're trying You've to show yourself off. with PlayStation, and we'll we'll get into it. I know a little bit more, but um, like the first trail they showed was Pikmin, and yeah. it's like. This looks exactly. The, this is exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. a, was not upgraded at all. Uh, outside, I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be a wonderful game. Gameplay. Yeah. Nintendo does wonderful things with their gameplay, but it's like this is still like yeah, the I don't, same. It's becoming way more obvious now. I think because our expectations are rising. Yeah, you know, and it's almost like it. It, it almost feels like, and maybe I'm like taking it personally. But because I I have these same feelings, and the thing is, is like I know I'm gonna play these games anyway. But it's almost like it's almost like you have, like you could be doing so much more, and you're just not. It's like you're disrespecting the things that I like by not trying harder. I know. And this you isn't know? an excuse, but like it is so Nintendo to play on their own level. You know what I'm saying? Like if they were to, like not answer the call exactly. You know? It's because they it's like a weird like. It's a weird, like, hubris, like, ego thing where they don't have to play the game that Xbox and PlayStation are playing right now because they're Nintendo. And And it's like, that is so Nintendo. But I also don't need them to play that game. But can you just be, like, five years out of date instead of ten, you know? Like, (laughs) that's sort of the scale that I'm working on. I mean, if we're going... Okay, maybe this is a good transition. Perfect transition. Yeah, if we move into the Nintendo Direct. But, like, we saw saw the Katamari, like, remix, whatever. And, like, we were... Same time, we were like, "Are you also experiencing frame drops in your trailer?" Well, the funny thing is, right when it started, and Ali's sitting there with me, and James is sitting there with me too. Right as it started, and the Pikmin trailer kicks off, like the spaceship flies across the screen, and right when it gets close to the screen, it chops for a second. And I'm like, and and it's funny because there's part of me that's like, you know, I know, I know when it's like. Uh, streaming compression or something yeah. but I look at that I'm like no it's not <laughs> I was like that's definitely exactly what that game's gonna look like yeah. <laughs> when it comes out you know uh, it's I, uh, it's so depressing and I feel like I, I had a lot of experiences like that like the first a lot of this a lot of the direct had a, a whole lot of games that just looked kind of old yeah yeah I will say that like 
I, I'm not going to totally dog on it. I'm actually really excited for Pikmin. I feel you like really I'm the only person about on it. Earth that plays Pikmin. Well, Liz um, was excited, and Liz isn't here again. She'll yeah. probably join us probably next, in a month, in March, or probably two. in a month. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what do you think? What do you think the name's going to be? Now nah, we can't. Have uh, a conversation well, right let's now. talk about yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but what if the what if the what, <laughs> Mario? <laughs> Damn. Um, it, but yeah, so he is a she son. likes Pikmin. I didn't know she liked Pikmin. I didn't know um, that either, but I think it's uh, something resonates with her that's just like, yeah, this looks like a, a nice game that I could be playing. Yeah, she responded to the chat, and she said the two things she's excited for are uh, Pikmin and... Zelda. Zelda, Zelda. Yeah, yeah, of course. Pikmin's, Zelda. Pikmin's a lot of fun, and I've played I've played and beaten every one of them, which is like kind of like awesome. Like I really like those games a lot. But what's nice about them is that they are very like confined experiences. You know, it, I, I liken those games very much to like the first three hours of resident evil one where it's like you're in <laughs> you're in the mansion okay and it's like and you find out very quickly that like that you can't go everywhere like there's doors yeah. are locked stuff stuff's in the way whatever and then the the goal is like okay well i need to figure out how to how to open the next door so i'm just going to explore every nook and cranny until i find a key and it's like all right where does this key go and then you open the next thing and it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and it does that and pikmin is literally that but every level is its own mansion. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, cool. So it's like you go into a level and it's like, okay, I can only pick up so many things because uh, I only have this many Pikmin. So right. let me go get some more Pikmin and then I get more Pikmin. It's, it's like, like every okay, time. Now I can lift that thing. So now let's do that. So it's and like now, a little Metroidvania type thing. Yeah, but it's like, but it's all confined into like a 10 minute experience it's oh, like okay. every stage is you are locked up in a prison and you got to figure your way out kind of situation oh, okay. it's a metro you only have five you bullets get from beginning to end and all of the upgrades are in the same room and <laughs> yeah. you do it in 10 minutes that's interesting okay. it's kind of like you do it again and then you do yeah. it again in the next level and then you do it again in the next level and it's like i don't know i, I really like that like and it does evolve over time because at the beginning it's like you just have the red pikmin which can they're invulnerable to fire and they do nothing else so it's like okay but then you get like the yellow Pikmin and the yellow Pikmin you could throw mad far. So now it's like, oh, now I think about the puzzle a little bit differently. And then you get the blue Pikmin and they go underwater. Yeah, that's why it's, like, it's so. Oh, it's so I've never played a Pikmin game, and I I think I should just for the educational purpose uh, purposes. But it seems like one of the most hype things about the game is the new Pikmin that they introduce. And I'm assuming yeah. that's because they're introducing a new dimension to the puzzles. Yeah, it's a mechanical change. Yeah. In the first game, there was only three types. It was red, red, blue, and yellow. Right. Red, blue, and yellow. Yeah. And the only difference is red can't be hurt by fire. Yellow gets thrown really far and can't be hurt by electricity, and blue can go underwater. That's and then the it. second one was the purple ones and the white ones. The purple ones uh, are they do They're a heavy. lot of damage. They're yeah. heavy, so when you throw them, they hit stuff really hard. And then the white ones uh, they fly, so they're never yeah. touching the ground. So you just like walk around. They hover. I, I played then, the then the first one came out when we were in middle school. Yeah, I think. It was a long yeah. time ago. Because, oh, no, sorry, white were poison. Yep, white were poison. Because yeah. I played a lot. I remember playing a lot of the first one. Yeah. and really liking it. it. Came out the same day as Melee. Okay, so that's yeah. My, those memories are connected to uh, my middle school friend at the time. So that that checks out. Yeah. Matt Camel. You're talking about me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, Matt Camel. Yeah. <laughs> we so I think in school. So Pikmin in general, I always look forward. Like, it's just cool that that series is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I like that that's still there. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, it, it's that, it's that you know, this is my happy place feeling. Where it's like, yeah. I know I'll be able to go in and I'll play Pikmin and beat that whole game in like six hours. And it's going to be great. <laughs> and then I'll be able to like walk away from it and be I'm like, going to cost you 70 bucks, nice. but you know, whatever. I'm definitely, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm definitely not hyped for it, but it's, it is one of those games where it's like, 
I'm happy that exists. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's not one of those franchises where I'm like, ugh, another one. You know, yeah. it's uh, you know, I can kind of tip my cap to him and be like, okay, you know, yeah. do your thing. I'm not going to play you, but you know, yeah, it's yeah. cool that you're still there. It's and like cricket. It's like I'm sure people are having fun <laughs> playing. <that. laughs> yeah. It's not baseball, but you know, yeah, are there are there multi? Is it multiplayer now? Uh, all of them have had some version of it. Yeah, the second one had two players, right? The second one had two players. The third one had two players all the third one's weird because like it was first on wii u and i don't know what was going on with that i played it on switch and i played them all single player so yeah i imagine that this one will also be you don't make Allie be like the red one and just throw her around (laughs) she doesn't really have patience for games like that you know it's a different different type of thing if i was to change the subject for a second uh you mentioned this in chat but is nintendo the weeb console of of the three now dude yes like, if this direct taught us anything, it is unbelievable. Like, I feel like I'm... They biased. must have some data on the amount of people buying n- anime-esque games yeah. on Nintendo. Well, I think they're also... I'm, I'm going to refrain on my comments about that in particular. But we did... I think... I think they're taking, like, the, the Square Enix approach, too, where it's like, those types of games play really well in Japan. And it's like, they're just going to make those and then bring them over here. And I bet and you they sold, there's more pl- uh, Switches in households than PlayStations in Japan. For I think sure. that's definitely true. And honestly, this, this sounds ridiculous, but to your point earlier, Alex, I think most anime games are cell-shaded, which yeah. is very that's true. low yeah. lift for <laughs> processors and stuff. So it's probably way easy to like put a bunch of anime games on there because it's like this isn't we're not going for realism. You know? Well, and look, this is come from I watch anime, Chow watches anime, but he'll agree with me. It's like you're making an anime game, easy animation, mm-hmm. cut that story right out of there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> same characters, yeah. more or less. Yeah, and you know you have you have something that you have your hook, and you got a, you got a game, you got an yeah. anime right there, dude. I, I find the the announcer guy so funny when he's talking about this stuff. Yeah. And now, mind you, I'm coming fresh off of Fire Emblem, which I'm still dabbling in. You know what I mean? I'm on yeah. like chapter twelve or something. Like I I play that. Like, I enjoy playing that game still. Um, but it's like the comment that I made the other week where it's like that whole game is just like it's either big boobs or little boobs, and like that's the <laughs> whole game. And when I see this other stuff, it's like you hear the announcer guy talk about these things. They're like. And now to Xenoblade Chronicles 3, our new character, Xanadu yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what the fuck is, like, uh, I don't even so, know. And I think we did, I guess we were talking about this on the podcast, but, like, that's, to me, what makes good anime so appreciated. Because it, it, it stands out from those, yeah. those, uh, uh, popcorn, like, yeah, the, junk I mean, food word, animes. Like the, the, oh, I'm blanking on this word. Like the standard, regular things that, the it's like Shonen Jump. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to say, though. Like um, the Isekai. No. You're in a new world or something. Well, well, there's a general word. I can't believe I'm blanking on this, but... Generic? Yeah, yeah. like it's the generic... Uh, what, what's the other word for generic? A trope. Trope. Oh, trope. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that would have bothered me. Um, anime <laughs> that, that goes away from those types of tropes are my favorite, and yeah. the ones that like feel a little bit fresher, but a lot of them do that. A lot of them fall into those traps, and definitely a lot of games do, and we saw a lot of those today. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you the names of many of them. I know one of the big ones at the end was the Raincode game. That was the one from the Danganronpa people. I've never played Danganronpa. I have all three of them, uh, or at least the main three. They're supposed to be phenomenal, like visual novel type games. Um, I've just never really like been like, you know, I'm in the mood for a visual novel right now. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. What was... So I we probably don't want to go through one by one because there were just so many random things in there. 
Um, I could think of one, but I'll ask you guys. Like, there's there weren't that many big surprises, but what jumped out like as a like, oh yeah, because that's that's kind of what I want from these types of yeah. things, right? I mean, the core announcements. I I think those are we're probably best suited to talk about those anyway, just because that's like what interests us. Yeah, I mean, going from like least hype to like most hype. The next one that I'd say captured my interest that was on that list was, um, what you call it, uh, Advance Wars. That actually coming out. Yeah. I was a little disappointed in that trailer because it was just cinematic. Yeah. It's like, show me, a, like... Well, we've already seen a lot of gameplay for it. I like, know. They were I just, doing trailers like a, two years ago or something. It's just weird the to see, like... The animation was really nice. Yeah. Like, clo- it's closer to the release date. I feel like I should be seeing more gameplay. Yeah. Or more, like, standout features. There's part of me that's like, I feel like there's such... We're... We are so close to oversaturation level of tactics games. Yeah. I don't know why, but I feel uh, like are we? Triangle Strategy, Tactics Ogre. Yeah, they're good. This game. Yeah, uh, Advanced Wars, I'm excited about I'm it. I'm just saying it's just a lot. Like Could I? A Fire Fi- Emblem, yeah. you know? All right, well, tactics, yeah, that's cool. the Tactics Remake. Is that, uh, isn't that a thing? I wish. That's that's rumored. Uh, I imagine that's going to be announced. Well, like Final Fantasy Tactics was, Remake? Yeah. Well, there was <gasps> another. What? That was in the NVIDIA leak. So, like, the, it's not. Nobody's. It's not real yet, but, like, the likelihood that it's going to be real is very I thought rare. there was some spiritual successor to it that we saw in something that was like, that looks like Tactics. I don't know. Oh. Wasn't that Tactics Over? I don't think so. It I was mean, a new Tactics game. Over has been fun to dabble in, but. Final it Fantasy Tactics. I is it called like X saying. or it's like I, yeah I don't, I don't remember nah, what it's called. I, yeah I can't I I have a very loose memory of this. I think I can picture it. If it, Tactics is coming out, it's not Tactics, but it's like uh, I don't know. It's something. Oh, it okay. is a Tactics game that well, I can't I can't recall. But yeah. if Final Fantasy Tactics is going to be remade on like PlayStation Five, yeah. I'm sure. I, I don't know if it's gonna be like full on remake, remake, but like, I mean, as long as it doesn't have magic that takes fucking forever and drops to ten frames per second. I mean, I would love to really give that game an actual try. I, I feel like my my experience was hindered because I was playing that PSP version. I wow, I got really excited for a second. I didn't even. I've never. I have not heard about this news yeah, before. Yeah, so that and the Final Fantasy IX remake are like those are like oh. all, but they're they're at that stage of like rumored enough where it's like pretty positive that it's going to happen it's just oh a matter of time kind of thing oh my but I, I can see what you're saying like i i can't do that many tactics games like back to back to back to back to back like yeah it, they kind of take a lot of thought and effort and hmm. yeah it's also like fire emblem is sort of my 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 furthest into it that i can get because i know i can finish fire emblem games you know uh Advance Wars, at least the time when I was playing it, that game gets so hard. The last mission of, I think, Advance Wars 2 was nearly impossible. I probably put, like, at least 20 to 30 attempts, and then I gave up. It's the kind of thing where, like, I just don't even know how to get better at that game. Yeah, you can't, like, grind out experience. You have to play the game specifically. It's the same problem as that game that came out a while ago that was like a, a rip on it. Oh, uh Leave Grove Grove. Oh, War Group. War Group. Yeah. yeah, that game sucked. So it kind yeah, of thing where it kind of sucked. These missions are so long and then at a certain point you're just like, well, I'm definitely losing this one. Right. Um and I I actually remember having that same feeling playing um StarCraft back in the day. Yeah. It's like, I'm playing and doing my thing and then I just get attacked by this huge army. It's like, how did you get that when I'm mining freaking Vespin gas? Yeah, you know, Vespian gas. Vespian yeah. gas still. And like, you know, I have five soldiers and I get overrun. Yeah. It's that feeling like I'm doing something wrong and it's not like you can just grind it out or like yeah. figure it out. It's no, just. That's when you start searching for no rush 20 maps and, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, 
so I have very fond memories of Advance Wars. Me too. And but I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to have a, the same issue as Wargroove, where probably better polish, but it's just going to be so difficult and hard to master in that way. The progression yeah. in Wargroove was slow and even getting new units wasn't exciting and then the new challenges weren't as exciting so that was, was bad so brutal because you couldn't skip any of the like combat animations it was so slow that's true that's true too it was so oh slow. and advanced and, wars sorry go ahead i was uh, advanced wars at least you can like speed up the animations or even just cancel them out entirely if you yeah. won't go into settings I, I think it was hard to see in wargroove the different uh like who was strong or who was weak because like all the symbols are really small i remember yeah. that so it's like you can even really tell like what was happening, what unit was which, yeah. and, yeah, and that right. game had a lot of issues. Yeah. But I will say that Advance Wars, if I can recall my experiences with Advance Wars, the progression was nice. Like the progression felt good. Every mission you were learning something new, and then there would be a test on that, and then they would introduce new units. Oh, you have air units now. Okay, yeah. so now oh, anti-air, yeah. oh, right? Exactly. And now, now you have ports, and it's like, and the things that they they would set up the maps such that you would find specific like uh, like cities or villages or like industrial centers or like facilities and stuff like along the way of like via like pulling back the the black sheep wall, and it felt good. Like it felt good, not like you have to play this once or twice, lose for the first two times, and then win. It's like you can make decisions. They like guide your decision making. Did you just call it Black Sheep Wall? Yeah. Like Starcraft. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. That's how I've. <laughs> that is what I've always called it. It's called Fog Sin- of War. Yeah. That doesn't matter. It's Black Sheep Wall to That's me. So funny. I, yeah, that, that. I wasn't gonna interrupt you. But you that was funny. One hundred percent. I I want Starcraft cheat for sure. I want to believe you, but I also don't because. That's that was my experience as well, but I don't trust like child Alex brain. Yeah. Like when I played games back then, it was just like a different mindset. Everything was cool. Everything yeah, was everything, everything was cool. Was cool. And, and there were some games where I go back, and I knew I was good at it back then, and I play it now. I was like, "What the heck?" Like yeah. I was amazing at Jez Ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jez Ball. Jez, but <laughs> I know a weird name, but like really difficult game that. I just didn't have anything else to play, so I was just blocking this ball, and you know, and uh, I didn't get close to the high score I got on my old computer. It was yeah. just—it's one of those things like you lost your superpower. Now. I yeah. feel like I'm in general better at games now than I was then. I'm certainly more persistent. Oh yeah, than it, I was then. I just but well, game game sense is a real thing for sure. Yeah, it's funny because like I I haven't played Harry Potter at all really. I haven't even made a character yet. Though I was hanging out with my sister and she was playing and then she went through this like troll fight a couple of times and then I grabbed the controller and and beat first try and, and she's playing on hard mode and it's like easily like oh, well I'm coming off of Elden Ring. I know exactly what to do here, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. The com- I will say the combat is really good. The combat's fun. We we're, we talked about you know, Harry Potter already, but yeah. just in general I will say that the combat is I was expecting it to be like rudimentary and kind of like whack. It is not. It's it definitely is, more kinetic it, than it I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's nice. So, what were we talking about? We were um, talking about pacing wars and yeah. being bad at games we oh, used yeah. to be good at. So yeah, I mean that's enough. Like, I'm interested to see if, like if that's good. If that's if that sort of is what my memory says it is. Yeah. Um. So that. That's pretty cool. I'm interested in just like having that game available to me. Yeah, but me it's too. Not something that I have any interest in, like really like mainlining or anything like that. I will definitely put in like when the day comes out. Probably put in like good like two or three hours. Yeah. What's, I think, the, what's the next game that you guys recalled from the I think, direct that stood out to you? I think the biggest surprise was probably the Metroid 
yeah. remastered. That's a that's a to me when I saw that like I thought one I was like oh shit is this the four that we've been looking for and obviously it wasn't and then I thought so this is not that which means that this is wholeheartedly like a shortstop like hey we haven't forgotten you guys like Metroid so here's a remastered version of that trailer. Are you watching it now? No, I'm trying to shut my PlayStation off without looking. <laughs> Why? Can't because you just hit the button on the front? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you can. It's the bottom button because I've made that mistake many times. There we go. I just uh, shut it off via remote play. Wow, you're so cool. <laughs> That's like it's literally <laughs> less than he, two feet away from you. He could reach it right I now. Feel like it hit, I, I don't touch the buttons on the front. It scares me. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> is that going to put it into rest mode or is it going to shut it off? No, it'll put it into rest mode. Well, I didn't know that. The only time. <laughs> <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Oh my God. I've tried to turn it. Host a gaming okay. podcast. Well, so <laughs> I do move my, I do move my PlayStation. Uh, blind spots, Alex. <laughs> I, we, I do move my PlayStation every so often. And when I do move my PlayStation, I have to turn it off because I hate seeing that, like, you're yeah. doing something bad and then message. And your database and you're like, what? Yeah. 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 And then, Please. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what could <laughs> yeah. Precisely. And you, I've tried every combination, pressing it multiple times, holding it down, pressing it one time. None of it turns the PlayStation off fully. The button will never turn it off. It will always really? put it into sleep mode or it'll always yeah, wake it up. You hold that power button for 10 seconds and it's going to... Short. I've done it for much longer than 10 seconds and it just goes into sleep mode. Like okay. the old console is definitely like hard reset. You yeah. got to hold that baby down for like a long time. Well, and it's when the time comes where I hit that button, I guarantee you it will be quick and nerve wracking. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> yeah, you'll have exited out of all of your games. Everything will be saved. Uh, Dude, that I scares me all the time. Even earlier today when I switched a uh, switch game, I accidentally closed fire emblem quickly and I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, where was I in that game? Did I need to save? I probably uh, did. What yeah. kind of progress did I just lose? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'll just open this up really quickly. So the PlayStation interface, when you're pressing the button, if it's in sleep mode and you hold down the button, it'll turn on. It won't turn off, even if you hold it for 30 seconds. Have done it. Doesn't work. Second off, if you turn it on and you let go of the button, you have to wait like a solid like three or four or five minutes to have that button reactivate so you could turn it back into sleep mode. Mm-hmm. It's very upsetting. That's annoying. And if it's on on and you hold the button down, I'm pretty sure it just goes back to sleep. Actually, I've never done that. Mm-hmm. I think about it. Oh, no. When it's on and it's in the thing, you're not logged in and you try to hold it down. I have done it. Not like when I've, after I've played for a while and I try to hold the button down, but I'm pretty sure it just goes back to sleep. There you go. The moral of the story is the PlayStation is now off and I'm <laughs> much more calm. Okay. So Metroid. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm thrilled about that game, actually. Like, I'm excited. I've, I don't remember anything from that game, if I was to be honest. I never played it. It is probably... What? Okay, yeah. so low-key, it's probably the best GameCube game that's come out, straight up. Like, out of the, like, as far as, like, individual game quality, single-player game, we're not talking about Melee or whatever, I'm saying, like, a single-player Nintendo game, it is one of the most refined, excellent, like nice story amazing environment cool progression like it is a fantastic game. all i remember is thinking that the aiming and the lock-on system was jank was and i didn't like to it to know that it's dual analog now is kind yeah, of yeah that's what they were but talking I, about in the trailer right? but yeah. even but even seeing the lock-on feature and like you moving around while perfectly staring directly at the enemy uh i remembered what that felt like yeah and especially like the lnr like gamecube triggers that you'd have to like travel down for so long in order to get that that's what i was feeling when i was watching that trailer yeah 
I I love Metroid Prime. It it is really one of the most special games, and apparently it did not sell well at all back in the day. So to see it come to the Switch, I imagine it's going to sell incredibly well. Hmm. Um, I already bought it. I was like, yes, I I need to have this game I, available to me. And you guys know I'm not a big retro person, but yeah. this game, like I sort of have a soft spot for Samus. Yeah, you do. Um, and I have dabbled in like the 2D ones. Yeah. But this has been kind of a blind spot for me. Uh, these Metroid games that I remember. I don't think I had a GameCube for a while. Like I, I think I got it later. Yeah. So there were a bunch of games I just missed and then never went back to. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those. And this seems like I would definitely play this. It's yeah. like Mario Sunshine, Wind Waker, and Metroid Prime. Well, there you go. That's yeah. exact, Those are the exact games I don't have in my yeah. back pocket. Yeah. I mean, that's a shame. Wind Waker is one of my favorites, if not my favorite Zelda. And yeah, Metroid Prime, honestly, it just looks so... It does look really good for a GameCube game on an HD 4K TV. The, the saving grace there Even it's not gonna be is 4K. there's part of me that's like, oh my god, I can't... Like, it's such a shame that this is on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, but wait a minute. This is three gens old, technically. Yeah. So it's like... It has no excuse. There's no excuse. <laughs> it's not going to run perfectly yeah, on right. the Switch. So, like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, they did say remaster instead of, like, remake. Yeah. Ah. It looks incredible. It's, they did it's, say they added stuff. I thought they did the dual analog thing. I don't I, know. Either way, I'm no, I'm no. here for it. Whatever it is, even if it was the same thing, even if they didn't remaster the graphics, it's an incredible game and worth playing through. So I think I think you'll have a lot of fun with it, and it's definitely yeah, uh, I'm pretty pumped. It's uh, definitely exciting. When did they say it was coming out? It's out right now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's out today. It's out, I, we can play it right now. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> um, Shadow Drop, love it. I got no idea. I have no idea when I'm gonna play that. Uh, especially with Hogwarts, and then there's just like a whole bunch of games that are coming out soon. But yeah. I think, like most things, my Switch games tend to be like, uh, I've played too much Hogwarts. I want to play something else for a minute, yeah. and then I'll like turn Fire Emblem back on. My, pro- my <laughs> problem is, I think the first time I wanted to play Fire Emblem, I walked over to my TV and I picked up, uh, I blew the dust off my Switch. And then I realized, like, it wasn't plugged. Like, I, I had not played it for so long. It had gotten unplugged uh, because I wanted to plug in, like, a fan or something. And then sure. I never. So I had to, like, charge that. And then I had to, like, you know, make sure it was in right. And it was, like, a whole bunch of a. It was a mess. Yeah. And then I sit down and then the controller's dead. So I got to, like, plug of in the course. controller. And then of it's course. like, that doesn't. It's one of those things where you can't just plug it in and have it turn on. Yeah. So it is funny. So now. Uh, this, this is a weird aside, but I, a controller situation is funny. So I often am only ever using one Switch controller, and I don't play Switch very often. It's only like before Fire Emblem came out, I don't even know what I was playing on Switch. Yeah. I think I was playing like Neon White, but that was like, you know, very yeah passerby. But anyway, um, Allie and I started this Facebook group that I'm in, this uh, vinyl uh, community. They every Saturday they have like a group wide uh, Mario Kart tournament where they run like sixteen races versus like people that are in the group. So I was like, "What the hell? Like, I'll I'll join. Like, this will be fun." And I joined last week, and these guys are good. Like, and I'm really good at Mario Kart. Frankly, mm-hmm. I'm better than all of you. I'm it's true. I'm Mario. terrible. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but Fight like, me. <laughs> I, I'm. I like boasting. I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, I'm usually full of shit. But anyway, um. I was shocked by how good these guys were. And then when I told Allie, she was free at the same time that it was happening the following week. So we were like, all right, let's let's both jump on and see what we can do. And I remember that morning I woke up and I was like, there's no way that other 
Switch Pro Controller is charged right now. There's <laughs> yeah. no way. So I remember waking up and like coming down here and distinctly plugging it in because I was like, it has to be ready. Preparing, yeah, that. right, yeah. A dusty, con- a dusty old controller is so sad looking. Oh my god! Yeah, like, it's not even sad. I hate picking it up because I'm I, like, ugh. Yeah, like, I gotta wash my hands before yeah. and after using it. Like, it's weird. Know, it's like just... something on the controller weirdly like congealed or like yeah. coagulated and yeah. just like, like. I think the dust like breaks down. This is like an actual thing. I think the dust like breaks, breaks down, down the rubber the, the of plastic. the controller. Yeah. Oh my god. So that like that's why old controllers will have they'll be like sticky. Yeah. And you like, think, like radio knobs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, and I'm breathing that. And then you're like, what is breathing? And then you start going down. <laughs> what the even is hole. breathing? I think it, like okay, so I I have done research on this because of cars like uh, radio knobs that we have, like old cars or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they need replacing, and I'm like, why is this happening? Apparently, it's oxidation. It's like the rubber oxidizing, and like weirdly, like the oils surface, and then it becomes like a weird synthetic material. Right, literally. All our shit out of wood, and it'd be fine. Uh, I would like to correct myself. It doesn't say anything about new content. I thought they were talking about new things like coming to that game, but. I guess not no. to Metroid Prime. Oh, yes. No, I think yeah, I thought it was just the the dual analog control. Yeah. Nonetheless, a very awesome game to see. Clearly, priming people mm. for Metroid Prime Four. That's what I assumed. That's what it felt like. It felt like uh, a weird like, hey, we're still rem- we remember like. What is funny though, and <laughs> I I found this out almost immediately, is Metroid Prime comes out. The last time that Metroid Prime was available was in the Metroid Prime Trilogy, which was out on Wii, because it had, like, motion controls. The cool, like, yeah, Yeah. they were fun. So, and it was funny, because I was like, wow, like, that game now you could buy digitally on the Wii U for some reason, if you'd want to do that, for, like, $17. Oh, wow. And that's all three games. So then my, the first thing I think is, like, wow, it's funny that they only decided to go with the first game, which is not totally strange to me because metroid prime 2 is not a good game uh and metroid prime 3 is like it is a wii advertisement like the game itself is not very compelling it is just for doing wii type things Mm, you know interesting Um, yeah how would they transport that or uh like translate that into the switch where you're probably playing with a pro controller was there a team ninja Metroid game? There was, yeah. there was Other M, which was also on okay. Wii. And, and it was really bad. Terrible. That's yeah. what I th- okay, that's what my memory says. Yeah, that was okay. that was the worst of them all. Gotcha. Um Nintendo would rather forget that that game exists. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it is interesting you say that because like at first my initial thought was, oh, well, they're gonna drag this out and make sure that everybody buys each individually. Like they don't want to blow up their all their software like they do all the time like what they're happen what they're doing right now with yeah. like the game boy and the game boy advance like titles they're like oh we'll give you like four or five we'll of them yeah i know i know but like with that said i thought they would but now that you mention it it's like well this the switch is an inherently different system albeit still with the same kind of functionalities you know one two switch kind of showed you kind of that it's not too deviated far from like the wii or the wii u but the truth is is like those other two games were kind of like steeped in like the motion controls so it's like a little bit more difficult to like well, well two two was a gamecube game also but it was just not good maybe it i'm was... just thinking about three with like the cool like yeah turning the knobs and stuff yeah, then three is definitely that way i i would highly highly doubt that they would come out with two or three remastered i, I mean if one this game and then they'll do four if one sells really well they will definitely throw down two. Two is a, it's a bad game. Yeah, but it, like, how many people of the like, not our generation, but two generations after ours has played those games? I, but what I mean is like, even if it's just a direct remaster, even if they don't know that the game's bad and it comes out and they play it, they'll then know that it's bad, oh, and their okay. faith in four will probably drop. And Nintendo's not one to just go after money because something works. It's like, 
yeah they they, they, they the make opposite. weird decisions all <laughs> yeah right uh, they're like that worked and let's try something new so here's a question actually i don't think they said on the on the stream uh how much was it 40 bucks not which, bad which okay. i would honestly say is not a terrible price yeah like it is definitely I, i'll put it this way as far as like a good complete game and like paying for something of quality 40 bucks is a fucking steal for that especially game. when every other game is getting more expensive that's what i'm saying like I, people will go to that i'd probably not want to spend more than that for something like this i would but. agree yeah if it was a 70 dollar game i would definitely not buy that that game. would be yeah. way too much yeah that yeah. would definitely be way too much because it is even a 60 dollar game that would be way I mean, too much that that's what i mean 2004 so it's like what it's almost a holy shit is that almost a 20 year old game smash came out 2022 uh 20 no 2002, 2002 i thought two. yeah so, it, so metroid was a little afterwards i think it was like 2000 2004 let's check the situation all right i'm really gonna think about this it came out november 2003 close november 2002 damn yeah wow so yeah so that's a 21 year old game yeah good god <laughs> um, and it looked great yeah so it looks really good and it's worth playing better than bucks, katamari i would i would pay 40 bucks you for know it. they pay 40 bucks for it <laughs> And uh, my big pet peeve on Switch games lately has been the grass. Great way to solve the grass problem. No grass. No grass. <laughs> In space. Yeah, yeah, right. Rocks and lava. How about <laughs> Rocks yeah. and lava. Um, there's definitely some foliage, but... Yeah, probably. Okay, so there, I think there's still a few more things worth talking about, but I think for sure we have to talk about the uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance uh, virtual consoles, or whatever you want yeah. to call them, coming to uh, Switch. The fact that they dropped both... Like instead of like slowly leaking it out, being like Game Boy now. Well, the way that next year Game Boy Advance. <laughs> well, the way that they dropped it was Game Boy is available for if you have like basic yeah. Nintendo Switch Online, and then Advance you only get if you have the expansion. And same thing with I guess like the SNES versus Nintendo sixty four. Exactly right. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, I this has been rumored for a really long time, so I'm glad to see it happen. And mm. the fact, that, and it's actually funny because now there's a line drawn in the sand, which is. They're remake. They're they're remaking Metroid Prime, and they're remaking Tales of Symphonia, and they're remaking Bat and Kaidos One and Two. So that tells me there will never there will never be, be a, a yeah. virtual console. That is or, not yeah, happening. Yeah, um, Smash remake definitely. Um, <laughs> probably not. Uh, if they would, there'd be such a weird like mix up in the community. You're dividing the community for sure. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so for for Game Boy and Game Boy Advance to come, could this be the last consoles? Maybe they'll get Dreamcast or something. I don't know, but mm. uh, a Dreamcast. They have Genesis, yeah, and nobody wants Saturn. So no, <laughs> um, that'd be such a weird like. I don't know. It seems off brand. It seems like the weird stepchild that they're introducing into the household. That's true, but yeah, I don't know. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, all about it. The yeah. games that they chose, I thought, are really good, except for that Alone in the Dark game on Game Boy Color, which is a very bizarre. Uh, yeah, I didn't know what that was for that. Yeah, that was a weird choice. Yeah, I mean, for sure, if people need recommendations, definitely play Kirby's Dreamland on Game Boy. Mm. That's probably, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, that's top five games for me for sure. I love Kirby's top Dreamland. five games of all time. It, I all right, Kirby. slow down a second <laughs> because I play that game and it's not that special. That is special. I'm not saying of like the best games i've ever played i'm saying like justin skirbo's personal list like games that define the person that i am okay that's reasonable because i would definitely say like mario world definitely had an impact on me when i was growing up yeah so so kirby's dreamland i would definitely play yeah uh mario land 2 uh six golden coins supposed to be great i never played that but it's supposed to be pretty special i never did that either um and then game boy advance i didn't open the game boy advance player yet so i don't know what's actually on there 
Something sound like it broke. That's what. Sorry, I have this talisman, talisman that my family needs me to have on me at all times. And it's like, well, what else is on me at all times? My phone. So now I have this red little dangly thing that's of a little jade monkey, and I call him Mushu. Phone charger he's, back in, man. Yeah. Are they? No. <laughs> um, this is just what my family tells me I need to do, okay? <laughs> I follow the rules. <laughs> I follow the rules. So yeah, so I don't know. The Game Boy and Game Boy Advance stuff I think is awesome. I th- the way I don't know if you guys have like interacted with those services very much. I have. Yeah. I played a bit of Ocarina for a second. It's always like I have the Switch in our living room most of the time. So like in the morning when I wake up with my son, he'll like eat breakfast or whatever. Or he'll like have his milk and just be like kind of wandering around doing whatever before we take him to school. Uh, that's usually what I'm playing. I'll just like turn something on because it's like very non-committal, save states, you know, whatever. I can yeah. just jump in, do whatever. And then what are you playing? Uh, most recently, I was playing Dynamite Heady on the Genesis emulator. Mm. That is a weird, bad game, but it's made by Treasure, same guys that made uh, Gunstar Heroes. So that was kind of a blind spot for me for that company. So I was oh. like, let's see what this is all about. It's freaking weird, and I <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm like far enough now that I have to beat it. Mm. Reasonable, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I, I like that these... That both uh, the Game Boy and the uh, Game Boy Advance are like those games are coming. I'm not. I'm def. I'm almost definitely not going to be playing them. Yeah. But it's cool that they're that is like a thing. You didn't replay Golden Sun. I mean, I mean, I was already re- replaying that on the analog and uh, the analog pocket. So good. Sometimes it's it just like it's, yeah, pocket. it does. Sometimes I just want to keep those memories, like keep them fresh, keep them positive, mm. and uh, they can they can stay back there, and I'll always have those like warm feelings from it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when I go back to play those retro games, and they're just like terrible junk. Like actually, like I played. Um, I actually meant to bring this up, but I played Goldeneye. Yeah. And I did enjoy it, but. It, it was having some frame rate problems and some... Um, we played it on Switch or you played it on Xbox? Xbox. Really? Yeah. It was chugging along in certain things and there was some artifacting where like the the floor wasn't lined up so I was just seeing oh, yeah. into the sky. So what's funny there is like those things existed in the N64 one too but the resolution was so bad back then <laughs> that you wouldn't be able to tell. This is one of those problems that... Right. It's like old pixel graphics look good on old TVs because yeah. like, it but fit you, in the squares. When you scale it up to 4K it's like right. there's nowhere to hide the the <laughs> jank that's in there. So it's like I went through the whole first level and it was like kind of janky and I was trying to do... Well, I was doing uh, the Double highest agent. difficulty. Right. Yeah. So, But I couldn't remember where to put the device. Oh yeah. And... I didn't even know I had the device, so I killed everyone, and then I went through my inventory, I found the device. The, the, the covert modem? The covert modem. I was like, yeah. oh, now I have it. And then I go to the modem room, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'll throw it on that. I'm going to throw it on that. <laughs> it's like, that didn't work. You failed. failed. I'm like, can I just take it you back? You just touch that. You, you interact with it, and then it blows up, and then it's like, cool, that's done. The covert modem, you know, when you go through the gate with the truck, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's behind. You go on the other side of the fence, and it's behind two boxes, and there's like a little TV. You on know, the wall right when on. you said fence, I was like, now I remember. It. That's the <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, like it just came back to me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, a bit of a weird experience, but it's like those. That's not a great example, but it's like sometimes no, they I, have. I know those. what you mean. Where it's like there's a little bit of junk there. Yeah. But it, not to say that this is gonna happen with these games, but. Yeah, you know it's funny. I I finished doing that game I thing for all of the games in this room, and I have the number. The what? I'm sorry. So sorry. I was telling Justin earlier this week. I found this app. Um, it's like a game collecting app thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, it has this really amazing feature on it where if you scan a barcode of a game, it will like log it in a collection log, 
And then it'll like it tracks like the prices of all this stuff based on like eBay stuff. Really? Yeah. So it's like it's a very good way to like catalog an entire collection. So instead of like searching like Mario Paint, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can literally just like take this game off the shelf and scan that barcode, and then it like logs it. That's amazing, actually. It's so cool. Um, the barcode, yeah, the barcode game, man. Oof. Yeah, I'll tell you the number after the podcast. All right. Um, but if there's ever a crit rate app after the website goes up and there is a way to catalog all of your games by barcode. Although a lot of things are digital now. So like, yeah. I don't know. We, we went to the solution for the digital. So we'll, when I was we'll working across at, that bridge, when, we come yeah. to it. when I was working at ESRB, we had, we were talking to a whole bunch of different companies and like, it's difficult to catalog like barcodes and those ISBN numbers. Like they're like every place uses a different system and it's like, it's not quite as easy as you think it'd be. So it's pretty awesome. This can do what it does. Yeah. Um, it like knows every variation of the barcode for the same game. It's nuts. I was scanning Japanese games and I knew (laughs) and I was like, that's wild. Yeah. Like strong database. Yeah. Pretty strong database. Okay. So let's blast through the rest. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I think the only other notable ones that came to mind for me, we'll obviously talk about Zelda last. Right. Um, but the Bat and Kaitos, uh, remake master thing. Interesting to see for sure. Never played it. Um, yeah, I'm interested really about know it. What it is? So, Bat and Kaitos is a uh, it's a first party Nintendo uh, turn based RPG. First party? Yeah. So it's okay. made by Nintendo. Um, now what's or Bandai Namco published it or something? But I know it's like Nintendo's IP. Um, and what's interesting about that game is it is a uh, it's a card battling turn based RPG. And apparently the battle mechanic is really, really interesting where it's like it's almost like a deck builder. And then your Mm -hmm. moves are the cards that you play. But like you can only play cards in a certain sequence. So it's like you play like attack, attack, defend, magic, defend or something. And it's like sequencing it with the other enemies. It's actually a really intricate and cool system uh, to use. But that game was lambasted back in the day because of its horrendous voice acting. Yeah. It had some of the worst voice acting of any game during its time. So that's a shame. But uh, yeah, so to see it come back out again now, I think is really, really cool. And the sequel uh, is technically called Batankato's Origins. That game is incredibly rare. And it's like it was on GameCube, but it's like probably double the price of the original. Okay. And yeah. really hard to find. Um, so not a lot of people played that. So to see that get more of a center stage kind of treatment is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it. It, it sounds the battling mechanics when they were going through it definitely sounded fresh. I'm like, okay, that could be interesting. Yeah. It's definitely something that I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe giving the time of day. If the opportunity presents itself, hmm. um, they didn't, they have so many like expansion passes and stuff like that. I just do like so- the, uh, the Xenoblade expansion pass number wave three or whatever. It's interesting how they're going about this, like uh, battle pass, but with like additional content every single time. It's like yeah. a single player game. Like a subscription service almost that I feel like that's what they're going for. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like a mini MMO, service you know what i mean it's like okay so i'm paying this monthly um but they're not paying it monthly they're paying it as one-time fee but it's like uh we 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 pay for this now and then we slowly trickle out the content knowing that we already have your money right yeah i'm just like scrolling through our feed to see the things that we were talking about uh i forgot about the professor layton game oh yeah excited about that the last one that came out on the i think i got it on the 3ds yeah it was a not good i only played one professor layton very briefly but i did like it yeah professor layton is a really fun game especially when they bring in like old school like riddles like the 
Like the the one that comes to mind is the uh uh what's it called? Um the Die Hard. Oh my god, um, we got these two bottles and we have yeah. to fill them exactly this amount. Uh, uh and I remember doing that in Professor Layton and you feel really smart when you figure these things out. Yeah, I uh I actually have the Professor Layton soundtrack on vinyl and there's really only one song that matters anybody remembers and it's the one that you're spending hours in yes exactly (laughs) like the it's it's actually a really cool like i'm thinking about things yeah trying to figure it out kind of song you uh, feel like a professor yeah and that's the game i feel like it's helping me think (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah so cool to see that all right and then last but not least uh zelda yes we were worried i was definitely worried that we were not going to see anything because it was a 40 minute long presentation and we were on like the 40th the minute yeah exactly like it, it had ticked over into 41 and i'm like and they played the sizzle reel i'm like is this it yeah you know is this it and then the they did reel. finally show like oh one more thing and yeah. uh zelda how are you guys feeling about it i'll be honest i i'm probably gonna be the the most cold on it because i am like you know what it is it's like I feel like Breath of the Wild is a known entity at this point. Yeah. And it's like, I liked Breath of the Wild a lot. I would go so far as to say I loved it. But I definitely, like, it had its time, and I have not revisited it since. And that's mostly because I feel like I I didn't connect with its design as much as I guess I wanted to. Um, and when I look at this game... I was actually really happy with this trailer because in the previous trailers that we saw, there was a lot of emphasis on sky stuff. And right away, like when I, it always made me feel uneasy when I saw the sky stuff. Because more, part, more of the same Breath of the Wild, but with like sky stuff. Well, it was the sky stuff in particular I didn't like because I'm like, I just didn't. It's I a gimmick. can't really dig that kind of like exploration or something. Or yeah. maybe there's like this weirdness like skyward sword type vibe that's yeah. going on where it's like these weird like isolated areas or right. something and it, it just wasn't vibing with me the way that i wanted to but i wasn't trying to be like negative on it because i'm like i don't know yeah you know what i mean maybe they're just showing us one part of it and this trailer was nice because it did show you a lot more groundedness like you're still climbing stuff you're still running on the samey looking grass you yeah know? but they have the um, best grass it's great grass they have the it, best it's great best it's definitely switch it's definitely a style yeah so I was happy to see a lot of that, but I think in general it's almost like I, I don't know. I'm I'm just like not like as activated by it as I want to be. It's like when we saw Breath of the Wild for the first time, it was like, whoa, this is like new, new. It's it could be anything. It could be anything. And then I look at this game and I'm like, I kinda know what this is gonna be. And like there's nothing wrong with that. It's suffering like, from know. sequelitis. Definitely. Yeah, and I think part of the disappointment because I'm I'm de- I'm not cold on it or anything, but it's like I get way more excited about new IP. Yeah, and yeah. while Zelda is by no means a new IP, every time Zelda comes out, you it's something it's different. New for but the it's most a part, new iteration. It's, it's like okay, yeah. what are they going to do? I'm paying attention now. What direction they're going to go in? You know, it's going to be like there's going to be a lot of money behind it. Yeah. So I think it it does look fun. It looks like I like the design choices. I like the addition of like the sky and there's a lot of th- things that I liked. And I'm gonna love it, yeah. um, but from just a hype perspective, right now, it's not just at a boiling point. It's like that's gonna be a fun game, you, you know. know but I, I know it already, so you know what it is. It's like I'll compare this to like the new, like the reiterations of Zelda. It's like 
I remember when I saw Ocarina of Time for the first time, and I was like, that's 3D Link. Like, yeah. I just want to be that Link. Yeah. Uh, Majora's Mask was always kind of weird for me. I found love for Majora's yeah. Mask a little after the fact. Yeah. But then, like, when you saw Twilight Princess, you're like, or when you saw Wind Waker, you're like, yeah. what a weird Link. I yeah. really want to yeah. play as that Link. And then you see Twilight Princess Link, and you're like, what? That's a yeah. badass Link. Yeah. I want to play as that Link. And then you see Skyward right. Sword, and you're like, uh, okay. And I pass on Skyward <laughs> Yeah. Just really is doing it. And yeah. then I saw Breath of the Wild, and I was like, okay, like, I'm ready for new link let's do this and now i see this and i'm like i know this link. yeah we've been friends yeah you know we went to high school together <laughs> right and, uh, and now you get to see what he's like five years ten yeah. year reunion coming back to the reunion yeah and oh you, you lost your arm huh yeah <laughs> and it is kind of like they didn't show us like the you know you can't hold two weapons now like halo 2 you know they, yeah. they didn't have that big like oh you have wings and you can, uh, uh, you know, so and you Chow spend the, sorry, I like Chow. I know you spent the most time with it. So, like, what's your level of like? How are you feeling about this? I will say, uh, yeah, I am a little. I'm a little uh, on that in the camp of. I really, really want to be super excited about it. Yeah, but. I see that it's a sequel. You know what I mean? And I can't get over that fact. I will say that there was moments in the trailer that really did excite me and moments in the trailer that I could definitely pass on. The Sky stuff, I don't really care about that much. The new... like like So the fact that all the battle mechanics looked exactly the same was a little bit of a letdown. The golem monster that you saw in the trailer yeah. was the only part that was like... Oh, okay. Because you cool. see the same monster. I, I had that exact same feeling where when the, the, the cube golem... I yeah. Like... That's new. I like this. Show it, me more of that. And you know what? You see the the Heloc whatever walking in the yeah, the and the, like guy, and I'm the like, calling the like big guy calling his like little minions, and everybody's like charging Link at the same time. Okay, that's cool. A little deviation, flying monsters next to lookout towers. Okay, cool. Thunder planes, whatever. Okay, interesting. None of it is hitting that like oh that's hype worthy right. until right. like the only hype worthy moments in that trailer were the Golo monster where I was like okay maybe there's something new. So really it's a face down card that I'm excited to turn around. Um, the second thing is okay now they've introduced uh, like a legitimate Ganondorf. Um, so I'm I'm like okay I'm down to know who that is. And then third thing is I want to know more about like the Zelda and Link relationship. And at the end of it when they showed that Link was like kind of saving her, I felt like maybe she will be a consistent character that you can interact with or maybe that she has a bigger part. I really, really, I really hope that it is because the first game was so lonely and like so singular and I would love it if there was more of like a, like a more of an emphasis on the relationships because like in that old game, everybody's dead (laughs) and you're only learning about the relationships through stories that he's like weirdly remembering. I would like more of that to be like present. I I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think you know now everything that you're saying is definitely resonating with me and it's helping me sort of like look at the pieces of this that i'm like like why am i not excited about this like like what's what's not hitting right because i i am feeling the parts that are hitting i want it to hit new golem robot i'm like this is hitting lawnmower and you know yeah, drone, drone. Stuff, not really hitting I, and I, gimmicky. I like his arm i think his arm's cool the arm is cool and then you just don't know what the arm does if it, I think it is from a gameplay perspective a little uninspired because you're right. When I saw the combat, I was like, "This is exactly the same." You know what the and, arm is? And, Sorry. Keep, oh well, really quickly. It, I think it's the the Sheikah slate like thing. You're no longer holding a yeah. Well, he uses that's, that at one point. That's so. the thing. Yeah. And you know what? And this is this is a this is a me problem. But it's like I 
did not enjoy the Sheikah Slate stuff me at all. In me neither. So when I saw him, like, you know, they do the rotating the platform thing, I'm like, I just don't even want any part of that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it felt like when I was doing it in the game, that was like the, you know, it was like, I don't like Zelda because you get the fire rod. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> all of those things felt like different versions of the fire rod. Interesting. Yeah. You know, so it, that was kind of part of it. And then I think the other thing, and maybe, maybe this is also just a me problem. But it just felt very bleak. Yeah. You yeah, know, the first game was Samey. very like, you know, the first game was very wondrous. Like you said, lonely, yeah. but like there is so much curiosity with, with what's going on there. And now it's just like, okay, so now everyone's dying and it's scary. And yeah. It's like, I don't want it to and always it's raining be scary. all the time. Yeah. I don't want it and to be like, raining I, all the time. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I want to be like, <clears throat> you know, show me the Kokiri Forest and yeah. how the, the world is nothing but potential. Like, yeah. that's what I want. Development. You know? I want to see, I want to go back to the Kakariga Village and I want to see new buildings yeah. and I want to see like well, them advancing in some this, way. This they, feels like you just need to survive. Yeah. Like everything's terrible and, and your job is to survive. And it's like, yeah i mean i know and maybe i'm being like a little you know uh what's the word there's a word for this uh some dismissive pessimistic sort of like pessimistic but just like short like not looking at it further whatever Hmm. but like short-sighted narrow-minded yeah maybe let's just say (laughs) throw in dumb stupid (laughs) (laughs) ugly (laughs) um yeah uh I think maybe I'm just being a little narrow about it and, and just looking at it on the surface level and saying like I I'm just reading this as a as a bleak sad game yeah. and it's like I don't know that's that's that doesn't activate me that's that like Zelda is in my mind is about wonder and yeah. and discovery and all this kind of stuff and you know sometimes it's coming of age or you know exploring an ocean or whatever and I like those things and seeing what the what it holds and this looks like there's nothing to look forward to. <laughs> Except death. <laughs> I agree. I think that's a yeah. I actually I think that's a great point. Um, like when you're when you're when you think about Breath of the Wild and how they they posed it and it really what its strengths are, it's the limitless possibilities. It's the like the classic like you can see that mountain over there. You can go on that mountain. You know, yeah. like everywhere it's like this sandbox, but it's a, like this full of life. And that was the strength. Like that's what really it brought to the table is that yeah. that exploration and. I, I guess I kind of put it on them because I know that that's going to be in there. Like it's not yeah. not going to be in there, but yeah. what they're showing us, you're totally right, is this bleak, rainy. Like you see a lot of the same stuff. So what they're showing us isn't the best parts. Like I don't think those are the strengths of even the old game. Yeah, I think that's also partly, and I'll just mention this briefly, and I'll throw it over to you. I think that's also partly why the sky stuff sort of bothers me because, like, when I when I think about breath of the wild originally it's like when you're when you step out of that cave and you look you're like i could go anywhere but it is a journey you know what i mean like you have to like suffer and you have to walk you have to walk to those places and it's only at the end of the game that you get like rivali's gale and that verticality becomes more of a thing it's like you worked so hard through the game and then being able to travel easily is like the reward. It's like, you know this land, so now you can skip past parts of it. Right. And now that it's like, it's putting such an emphasis on sky stuff, it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't I don't want to just fly past everything. I want this to be interesting enough that I want to explore it, you know what I mean? And be And have that be like the penultimate thing. But it's like, now it's just like... It's not, and it, and if that's if looking up at these things are like that's what I'm going after. It's like maybe that has a certain allure to it that I can't appreciate yet just from a trailer. Yeah. 
But like, I don't know. I will say that I was getting some interesting vibes from the trailer, which were making me think of Saints Row 4 or when you have like superpowers and you're, the cars no longer freaking matter because you're running faster than all of the cars and you're jumping over buildings. And it's like, yeah, we're in the same world and you have new superpowers and stuff. And that was originally supposed to be like an add-on to the original game, but yeah. then they turned it into its own game. So I do have a weird suspicion that this game uh, will potentially fall into that my only saving grace that i think i'm excited for but i'm not sure of is exactly what you guys are feeling which is that this is like a weird opposite direction of what breath of the wild was where maybe they're going to go in a much more linear route a way more linear uh like storyline path and they're gonna i mean hopefully address a lot of the things that we wanted back in the first game which was things like actual equipment like mm. if they showed a hook shot i would have probably shat my pants i agree with that you know what i mean I like they didn't sh- they haven't shown any temples they haven't yeah. shown any temples i wish they would show like bosses and stuff well they haven't shown they really haven't shown anything they haven't and in a weird way like i wonder a am i a little wary about that yes but b am i also hoping that they're saving all the good stuff for when we play the game yes I, so i'm gonna try to be hopeful and optimistic yeah. i do and i know there's a lot of conspiracy theories online about all this stuff but I do have a, a very strong suspicion that, like, Zelda and Link, like, there's something there where you're playing as Zelda or you switch places. Or, I like, really hope that's the case. Even in this trailer, it's like sometimes I look at Link from the back. I'm like, is that really Link? You know, they mm. there's, they show these weird angles. And even that last shot where Link is, like, jumping towards her. Yeah, like, holding hands or whatever. Yeah, but, like, it looks like he's saving her. But the voiceover is, like, let's have Zelda share her power with him. Yeah. Which is like she's saving him. I hope she doesn't become like a Cortana, <laughs> I, uh, Oracle. Or yeah, or like I, I almost think she's going to be a playable character, almost in place of Link in a lot of the. Games. I really hope so. Like I really, really hope so. But my, my, my uh, expectations of that is pretty low. I just I hope they're sorry, but I just hope they're surprising us with something. Yeah. Well, that that's what it is, and you know, you when you talk about the dungeons and stuff, that was I think most people's primary gripe. negative yeah. or gripe with uh, Breath of the Wild, and when you think about like at least when I think about the more iconic Zelda games, like you think about Ocarina of Time, right? All of the dungeons I think are really defined by you know where they are in the world, what it looks like, and then the boss, right? Yeah. You think about King Dodongo, you think about Goma, you think about, you know, Morpha, you think all this stuff, right? Yeah. And it's like those characters, right? Twin Rova, like these characters really make an impact on you. I couldn't even tell you, like, I know it's something Blight (laughs) that you fight in Breath of the Wild. Right. And there's four of them, and then you fight blight ganon and it's like okay he's just another version of all of these things and it's like and all the dungeons kind of look the same that's what i'm saying so it's like all of that sort of like blended together and the parts that stick out the most you know what you know it's like the most like memorable dungeon outside of hyrule castle that i remember from breath of the wild which when you go to like the koga place and you go into yeah. room and there's like a hundred bananas in there. Yeah. And like that, I that's, remember. That's called character. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's like, a, that's like a specific, interesting, different place. And yeah. it was like that That felt good there. For the Eventide. So, Eventide Island. Uh, yeah, Eventide Island was really cool. I would say what this game needs to do in order to kill it for me is, Matt, oh, oh, like what if they do go 
to like uh, a uh, ocarina of pa- uh, ocarina of time kind of like direction where it's like well maybe you just start in the overworld and it is actually just bad and like your idea is you're liberating specific places eventually like in a row or uh, whatever and then you are going through specific dungeons that feel like dungeons and then you are get so what it would need to do is like what I wish I saw was like imagine if they did talk about the weapons breaking system where no now it's craftable or like not craftable but like you can before it breaks you can like use other weapons to throw into that and like refine it and like boost it back up cool i'd be down show me an actual dungeon where i'm actually like getting into a new immersive like place that's not just alien technology all over the place you know here's here's another one what about a town we haven't really seen it we have not seen a town at all the towns i think really define those games i mean like wind waker the first time you get to like dragon roost island you're like you know, there is a dungeon there, but there's also, that's where the, the Revali live. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. So, what, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. What are the chances that if everything is bad, you go to these towns and, like, just like the the Revali's situation, like, you're there and, like, something's happening and there is, like, a feeling of the town, but something's wrong and you're the hero that comes strolling into town and, like, you free them of that. I'd be down. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, um... It's the same thing like Ocarina of Time. You get into the Ganon's there, uh, the the Kiriko Gorons. Village and something's wrong. And yeah, what's going on? Oh, yeah, the Gorons can't eat. Yep, yep. Yeah. Zoras don't have water. I think that would be cool. That would be cool. I, I think I'm at a place where I can say that that might have just been a bad hype trailer. Like it didn't. Give I us hope so. What you needed. If there is, and I think there's definitely more because they just haven't shown anything. They're just showing but you the flying. We are the prime demographic. We are the prime demographic for this game, and all of us, I think, walked away with it with a, with a little like lackluster. Yes, you know, it just. Like, it, all, it, I think we're all just a little like, well, what's really going on well, here? I hope it's good. That's what I mean. I don't think the trailer did its job, and, and that yeah. has no reflection on the game. I hope. Yeah. Uh, I just. I think that, that for the the place that they put that in, one of our biggest, like, most direct views into this game, I think it probably could have been a little bit more like shazam you know yeah give us a give us give us like a little something something here's what it could be doing wrong if the game is exactly as it showed on the trailer where it is breath of the wild but everything is dark and terrible and yucky and there's enemies everywhere and like yeah there's a couple of new enemies and like they act differently slightly and then you can fly and then you get a hoverboard trailer drone that's, that's, worst what, case. that's what we know that's worst, that's case, worst scenario. case scenario exactly and you're right but that's pretty much all we've seen we've yeah. seen the same places we've been we've seen the same enemies yeah uh yeah. with the flying stuff it's like okay but we don't really know how that's all integrated I, I they are leaning on the flying stuff a lot i guess there's part of me that's like you know when we were talking about combat they showed like the homing arrow and it's like is that is that what you got that didn't even look that good that didn't even look that good yeah Yeah, it's like you got homing arrows for me that's the secret sauce they did that cannon lawnmower the cannon move they had the cannon thing where it's like you put something in the end and then he threw it and it was like a thing that was kind of cool i didn't know what that was so that was cool yeah i did see a different uh which about two-handed sword that one of the uh, hobgoblins or goblin whatever they're called i forgot what they're called Bokoblins. One of the Bokoblins was holding, and I was like, okay, new weapons make me feel kind of excited. Um, gave so much screen time to the same enemy. I like, know. And I feel like maybe they know it's going to sell really well, so they want to review well, which means that they need to have some weird flourish or like yeah. deviate from expectations somehow with the reviews. Because it is feeling really samey with some weird overtones. It's like you showed us the Blood Moon parts of yeah, the Wild and I hated that part. And it's like that part was fine, but it was cool because it was like 
this much of the rest of the yeah. game. I'm, I'm making a small slice with my finger. Yeah. It's like, it was like 5% of what Breath of the Wild was, was the Blood Moon parts. Right. I, I think the summary here is we all went into this really wanting to be excited, and that trailer didn't quite hit it. So, yeah. But I'm like, uh, the Amiibo did, though. That Amiibo looks great. That, <laughs> the Amiibo does look, look good. good amiibo. I, don't, I like his design. He looks yeah. cool. Uh, his hand is like weirdly green on the palm. I, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be he like shoots that. things. Maybe like, it's glowing. Uh, Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. But I will say that there's a part of me that's happy that I am not satisfied with that trailer. Like there's a part of me that makes me feel like, okay, Nintendo ex- like exceed expectations with me. Right now my expectations are low and I hope you're doing that on purpose because if you're not... Well, then I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> Those are the best feelings. And I think that's when it makes the biggest impact. That was like in uh, Harry Potter. There are times where it's like something will happen and it'll be like, okay, now we're doing this. And I was like, we're doing this. And excited, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's the feeling that I, that I so appreciate with something new. You know? Yeah. I, I would rather be in this spot where I agree with you, Justin, where it's like, whether I'm, I hope I'm going to be, uh, surprise! Yeah. Rather than being given everything like early, they show you a hook shot I now. I'm expecting a hook shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then and point. then we have three months of, you know, we have months of thinking about it and f- like and YouTube videos. Yeah, and, and you know, you could do with the hook and the, shot. And the media is just gonna bomb Nintendo with like, what can you do with the hook shot? Give me some screenshots of the hook shot. I want so, hook shots. Look, if they're gonna go that route, fine. It, I we can really only comment on this trailer, and yeah. it didn't hype me, which is. Whatever. At the end of the day, but yeah. that's what that's what we're going on right now. I'm gonna pretend like it was a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We shall see. We shall see how it all pans out. I think overall, I right, give you a rating of this uh, this Nintendo Direct. All right. Well, mine, I would say Pikmin was like meh, but like I'm glad it's there. The Splatoon, we didn't get to talk about that. Um, everything that they're injecting into the single player of that game for a moment made me interested until you told me that the single player storyline is it's like whack. it's yeah. stupid so then i'm like all right i'll never go into splatoon world um advanced wars was interesting zelda was okay sort of uh i would give it out of 10 or five or an eight or a eight fail to pass fail to pass fail, like, f to f, a f to a Huh? Oh, 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 okay i was like you're in school fail to ace no i was like okay i would probably give it a i would give it like B, I would give it a B. Metroid was interesting. They definitely like changed some things for me, expectations wise. It was a lot of anime games, so that brought it down. Maybe B minus. Yeah, I'll say B minus. Yeah, I was also at B minus. Highlights definitely. I think the best best parts were Metroid, the Game Boy stuff, and that was an unexpected little treat. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Also, I already own. That like mega online whatever premium edition stuff, and I just—it's nice to know that I have that. <laughs> I'm I'm at like a C, C yeah. minus area. Really didn't like. There were some cool things, but wasn't a lot for me personally. It would have been lower if there wasn't a moment where I was like, oh, and that was the Metroid moment. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm looking for in these. So it gave that to me. But everything else, I was the first 20 minutes, I was like, what am I watching? Yeah. So this just made me remember Jeff Keeley always does this after big announcements directs and stuff uh yeah like directs state of plays whatever um and he said how would you grade uh today's nintendo direct a b or c Twenty two thousand votes uh 35 percent b 30 hmm. percent a 20 percent c 
15% deep. So, oh, so the spread wasn't actually that. Wasn't that it was, far? Off? It was way leaning at the top end. Yeah, yeah. A and B, but more mostly B. B. Yeah. Mostly B, then A, then C, then D. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's actually awesome that he does that. The survey of, yeah, that's good. Um, low key kind of hoping that we'd get some kind of Mario announcement. I thought the first part was a new Mario Galaxy thing, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is Pikmin. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm secretly hoping for like. I would I would take a sequel to Odyssey any day of the week. I would really. I have yet to play any. Well, Odyssey I did like. I haven't played any of the galaxies. I fairly feel like I should. Galaxy one is. I got to be in the right mindset for a Mario game. I feel like I know that I'm going to a playground, not like a story driven game. You know, and I feel like when I went to Odyssey, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to play the Mario of Zelda or the Zelda of Mario's. Nope, you played Mario. Mario sixty four of two thousand twenty. Right, exactly. 2015 yeah yeah anyway right. let's wrap it up gentlemen uh it was nice chatting with you all this week we will be back next week for even more probably a more in-depth discussion on hogwarts legacy mm. but for now thank you justin and thank you alex thank you thank you See this you was a good one later Bye.